What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to full. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in miracles? Yes! Here he goes to the outside. Britton Covey. Up the sideline. 50, 45, 40. There he goes. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. Swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. Russell will inbound at half court. A Stockton open three. John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals. Robbie Russell now with a chance to send RSL home as cup champions. Saunders on his line. Russell approaches. And puts it away! RSL are the 2009 MLS Cup champions! A championship for Salt Lake City! This is the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Here's the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year and voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Hey there, good morning and welcome in. It's a Thursday, a beautiful Thursday here in the great state of Utah. This is the Bill Riley Show. I am Bill Riley. How are you? Have a good Thursday so far? I am. I'll get into that coming up in just a couple of minutes here on the program. Good to have you with us as we come to you live today from a Broadway Media Studios here in the heart of downtown Salt Lake City. That's right, downtown Salt Lake City, Utah. Good to have you in and on board today. These studios brought to you by Valley Collision. This show brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in Thank you for making us part of your day, whether it's live and on the air like we are right now, or perhaps later today or tonight, or even tomorrow morning in podcast form. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Leaf Tulene is my producer on the other side of the glass today, and I am saying thank you a lot today because we got our ratings, got our numbers in from the month of October, and you guys gave us an unbelievable month of October a record-setting month of October because of you. You, the great people of Utah. You, the great sports fans of Utah. You, the great listeners of ESPN 700, made our month of October a gigantic one in the ratings, in the revenue, in all of it. 
So I just wanted to take a minute today and say thank you. We could not do it without your support. We could not do it without your listenership. We could not do it without you guys going to see all of our great clients and sponsors that are on the airwaves with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got those numbers yesterday afternoon, and they were spectacular. This show, Spence's show, our full week shows, our game day coverage, all of it. And that's because of you guys making us part of your day, listening in on the radio on 92.1 FM and 700 on the AM dial, the 50,000-watt blowtorch. Those of you that have that ESPN 700 app on your phone, on your tablet, you put the earbuds in on a daily basis, sitting there at the office doing what you do and listening to me and listening to Spence and listening to Leaf and listening to James and everybody that's on the air. Those of you that download and subscribe to my podcast and Spence's podcast and listen on game day and all of it, thank you guys. You guys have made us a a resounding number one in the sports talk radio realm, but also our overall numbers were fantastic. So I can't thank you guys enough for doing what you do for us on a daily and regular basis right here on ESPN 700. We couldn't do it without you. We love you. We thank you for your support. And it's just great to have you part of our family and and great that you let us into your world, whether it's for five minutes a day or five hours a day. Thank you so very much for all the support you guys give us here on ESPN 700. All right. Got a Thursday show. Got a bunch of different things to talk about. We're about... uh, 49 hours away from Utah and Arizona State kicking it off this weekend. A little longer until the uh, the uh, Cougs and the, and the Mountaineers go at it, so we'll talk some college football today. Now that you guys have had a chance to digest the Big 12 schedule for next year, Utah's schedule, BYU's schedule, what do you I mean, we've got it actually for the next four years, 24, 25, 26, and 27. What do you make of it? What do you like about it? What do you see? What are you doing? Give me your thoughts on that today as well. We kind of went over it yesterday. We'll talk about that. We talk about Utah ASU this weekend. Jazz in Orlando, back-to-back tonight for the Utah Jazz. They had no trouble handling the Memphis Grizzlies, who are really bad right now, without John Morant last night. And the Jazz got kind of healthy and got right with that game. They'll play Orlando tonight, who I don't think is very good. But we'll see what happens. It's back-to-back. Uh, Thursday night football tonight. You've got the uh, Steelers hosting the Titans and a little AFC clash. We'll have that one for you tonight right after the drive with Spence at about 6 o'clock or so tonight. We've got that going. Uh, a little announcement locally today. We've got a big-time uh, high school basketball player, uh, Jackson Johnson, who's going to make his announcement a little bit later on today, and he'll let everybody know in this area where he's going to go to college next year. He's a four-star power forward out of Alta. Is he going to go to the U? Is he going to go to BYU? Is he going to go to Stanford? Or is he going to go to USC? He'll be making that announcement a little bit later on today, right around 1 o'clock or so, and we'll kind of fill you in and let you know when Jackson Johnson decides to make his commitment a little bit later on today. I think they're carrying it live on YouTube today as well, for those of you that want to get into that. So we'll have that a little bit later on today. Really, anything you guys would like to talk about on the program today, certainly fair game. Hit me up on the Dish Pros text line at 877-353-0700. That's again, 877 877- Three five three zero seven hundred to get you in and on board. The play-by-play voice of the Arizona State Sun Devils, my friend Tim Healy, uh, will be joining us here in about twenty-five minutes or so. Bryson Barnes will come by. The Utah quarterback will come by and chat with us today. Casey Jacobson 
We'll talk some college basketball. I got to call my first Utah basketball game of the year. It was an exhibition last night. Um, Got to do that last night. They played Westminster last evening up at the Huntsman Center. It was a little sloppy early, and then the Utes put on a bit of a shooting display. They ended up shooting 50% from beyond three-point land last night. They were 12 of 24 uh, shooting threes. And Cole Badgema and Hunter Erickson were really good. It's funny, their best shooter is Gabe Madsen, and Madsen didn't make a single three last night. But Utah's going to be fun to watch this year. Their opener's coming up on Monday night. They'll play Eastern Washington at 730. We'll have that one for you right here on ESPN 700. So we'll talk a little college basketball coming up with Casey Jacobson on the program today. And then uh, Eric Weddle will come by. We'll talk to E-Dub a little bit about things, get his thoughts on the Utah program, where it's at right now, maybe mix in some NFL conversation as well. All right here on the Bill Riley Show. And as I said, I would love to hear from you guys today on the program, whatever may be on your mind. It's certainly fair game. Dish Pro's text line is open to you at 877-353-0700. World Series ended last night, um, a game that we did not have here because we were carrying Utah basketball, but our sister station ESPN 960 had it, the Texas Rangers. Got their first-ever World Series championship last night. Bruce Bochy's a really good manager. He won three of them with the Giants, and now he's got one with the Texas Rangers. And last night's game was actually fun and competitive. was a no-hitter through seven last night for the D-backs, but they couldn't get the win. And uh, Texas got its first-ever World Series title last night. I'm not sure how many of you guys watched. I'm not sure how many of you guys cared. A bunch of you checked in today on the – or yesterday on the Dish Pro's text line and said, "Hey, hey, Bill, I'm watching World Series baseball. I love World Series baseball. It's great. Well, I do too, but I think we're in the minority. I really do. I just don't think a lot of people were were tuning in to watch the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, which which is too bad because it used to be one of the biggest events on the sports calendar every year. That was the World Series. I can probably name just about every World Series winner from my youth all the way till about two or three years ago. Probably name all of them. But I just don't think it's as big a deal anymore to people. And I hope you watched. I hope you took it in. I hope at some point in time, Big League Utah is able to lure a Major League Baseball franchise here to Salt Lake City. I think it would be wonderful. I think it would be great if Ryan Smith could bring a hockey franchise here. I want as much on our plate as we could possibly get. But I just, I feel for baseball fans because baseball just isn't the same today as it used to be. The sport is. The sport's still great. It's changed. It's evolved. It's not quite the same sport I grew up with. But I love baseball. I love watching baseball. I, love, I loved playing baseball growing up. But it, it's, it's a harder sport to watch today than it used to be. And it's very much become a regional sport. And I would even tell you the World Series has even become a little bit more provincial and regional as well. So... I hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed carrying it for you where we could throughout the uh, postseason. I think it, you know, I told you we had a great month of October here on the radio station. I think having World Series playoff baseball just about every evening here on ESPN 700 also helped us out in that manner. But um, anyway, thoughts on the World Series, certainly welcome today as well on the program and anything else that may be on your mind. The line on the Utah-Arizona State game, by the way, has not changed very much. Uh, Utah is an 11-point favorite. The over-under, though, keeps dropping. It opened up at 43-and-a-half. Now it's down to 41-and-a-half. They are not. Vegas is not expecting many points on Saturday up at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Our pregame coverage on Saturday will begin at 8. 
uh, with uh, Porter and Nate, and then me, Scott, and Sly from the Smith's Tailgate 10 at 10, and then a noon kickoff for the Utes and the Sun Devils. Because we don't have playoff baseball on Saturday, we're going to have the Washington-USC game Saturday night. So after we wrap up our Utah and Arizona State coverage, we'll uh, tune in to the uh, Huskies and the Trojans, which I'm going to say is going to be a very high-scoring game. Washington gives up a lot of big plays. They, they create a lot of big plays, but they give up a lot of big plays as well. They're not a great defense. The, the metrics tell you they're not a great defense. That's why I've said I think Oregon is still the best, most rounded team in the league. But here's the thing. USC's defense, we all know, is atrocious. And Michael Penix may throw for 7,000 yards on Saturday night. So we'll have that game for you coming up after our Utah ASU coverage. We'll roll that evening into uh, USC and Washington right here on ESPN 700. Our opening segment is always being brought to you by Remedical. Find them up in the Mill Creek area. Dr. Justin Johnson and his crew helping men and women out fight and battle that uh, that battle with father time. They can help you out there. Go to remedical.com for more information. Um, wanted to just spend a minute real fast. Um, I was busy yesterday. I was doing a ton of work between the show and the broadcast last night, a bunch of different things. And I didn't see till I got to the John M. Huntsman Center last night. And I was getting set up for the game and getting set up for the pregame and all that good stuff that um, the basketball world lost a legend yesterday. I'm sure by now you guys know that Bob Knight is now dead at age 83. He had been in declining health, I think, for a number of years. Bob Knight had not done much, if anything, publicly, which obviously the health probably had a big factor in that. He was not a big outwardly publicly social guy anyway, especially after he quit his job at ESPN. But he had kind of, kind of gone behind the scenes, and I don't know what that means, if that was health-related or just a, a life choice that he made. But he he is what we would call one of the most polarizing figures we've probably had certainly in college basketball history but but certainly in recent in, in recent memory he's a guy that while he blazed his own path was not a guy that that really liked to put up with societal changes times changed and bob knight really didn't change and some will applaud that and some will say that's that's not a good way to live but if you talk about it, he he was a complicated figure now he he just simply was he was tough he was stubborn he was a bully he was a great basketball coach. He treated some people very, very well, but had no time for other people. He was locked in his ways and really wouldn't change. He refused to come back to Indiana for damn near 25 years after they fired him. Finally came back, and I think that was good for all parties involved. But he was a stubborn man. But for those that knew him well, they would tell you he was who he was and treated those close to him very, very well. He won three national championships. He won 902 games and only lost 371. He had 29 20-plus win seasons. He won a national championship as a player at Ohio State with Jerry Lucas and crew back in 1960. He won won a gold medal as the head basketball coach of the U.S. men's national team in 1984, Los Angeles, he was in the pro basket. He was in the basketball Hall of Fame. He went in there a long time ago. I think 91. He went in there. He was still active as a coach, but he was a complicated figure, not unlike a guy that coached up at the University of Utah named Rick Majerus. Depending on who you were and what you were, 
you had a completely different interaction life view of Rick Majerus, a complicated man, a wonderful basketball mind, but a guy that really didn't adapt and, 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 uh, and change with the times. These are two guys that were, while wonderful basketball coaches and knew the X's and O's in the game inside and out, probably couldn't coach today because of their personality and their demeanor and how they interacted with others. Their styles just wouldn't work in today's game. And that's why they have complicated histories. But when you talk purely about basketball and basketball alone, both Bob Knight and Rick Majerus were in a class of their own. So people could choose to remember Bob Knight how they would like and who, and, and however they would like and however their interactions or their worldview of them were. But when you look at it through just simply the lens of what we saw them publicly as basketball coaches, both gentlemen, especially Knight, had very few, very few, very few peers, meaning people on the same level. They were all-timers in what they did. So... I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you how to believe and how to view a guy like Knight or Majerus. I had interactions with Majerus toward the end of his run at Utah when I first got to the market. And I know people that had great experiences, former players, and I know that some that didn't. I know media members that did and media members that didn't. For me, it was just kind of an even. He treated me well at times and then just would cancel interviews and just not show up for things also. So complicated men. Great basketball coaches, complicated legends, complicated uh, histories. But no questioning what they were as basketball coaches, and that was all-timers and Hall of Famers. So I just wanted to get that out there today and give you my two cents worth on that. You can certainly give me yours as well. 877-353-0700. We'll have Tim Healy on here in just a few minutes. Get his thoughts on on the ASU-Utah matchup. Yours are certainly welcome as well. Text message says, hey, Bill, thanks for spending some time on the general. Some of my favorite memories growing up in Indiana were watching some of those great Bobby Knight coached basketball teams. I also had the opportunity to attend a few Bobby Knight basketball camps at IU. will always remember those experiences. He was tough on us campers. He knew how things should be done and would definitely let you know. Yes. One thing you can always say is you couldn't have been caught off guard by Bob Knight or Rick Majerus's demeanor. You knew going in who they were. Text message. Hey, Bill. Met Bob Knight a couple of times at Hot Rod Hunley's golf tournament back in the day. He was a nice guy, actually. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Depending on where you caught him and how you caught him, I've heard many a story from people that worked with him, people that played for him at different places. And that said he was he was outstanding. And I've met plenty of people that said he was a horse's ass. It just depends. Everybody's lens was a little bit different. He treated, he didn't treat everybody exactly the same. Text message, Knight and Majerus were almost an exact mirror image. Eh, I wouldn't say that. But they were different coaches from different times, that's for sure. 877-353-0700. Hey, Bill, watched every playoff game. Congratulations to the Rangers. Which team of the five remaining teams that have never won a World Series will be there? Thanks. Love the show. Go Utes. 
I am, uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that list. I don't have it right in front of me right now. Text message, hey, Bill, fun to be back at the Huntsman last night. What's the ceiling This if, if Smith doesn't get uh, the waiver? Oh, I think this team could be a borderline tournament team. I do. They're going to be better than they were a year ago. They've got a lot of shooting. Um, it, it's a good team. It's a, Craig's got a good team. If they got a waiver for Davon Smith, that would add a different dimension and more quickness and athleticism to the backcourt. But what they do have a lot of is shooting. Hunter Erickson, Cole Badgma, Gabe Madsen, Raleigh Wooster has improved his shot. Brandon Carlson can shoot it. They've got shooters on the floor this year, a lot more than they've had. Text message, hey, Bill, is there a path that Utah could make a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day six bowl game if they don't make it to the Pac-12 title game? No, probably not. Probably not. Now, again, I don't know all the bowl, bowl permutations. Although, if they went 10-2, and two, there'd, be a, there'd be a long shot chance. I guess it's up to the Bulls at that point in time. But you would probably have two two-loss teams right there in the Pac-12 championship or two one-loss teams or whatever it might be. Those teams might be a little bit more... might be a little bit more attractive. But we'll see how it goes. Text message, doesn't complicated just mean pain in the ass but good at his job? Sure. But complicated means there was a lot of layers to who they were and what they did. Pain in the ass? Sure. But some people would tell you he wasn't. That's what I mean. It's it's complicated. It depends on who you talk to and who you interacted with. Text message, home plate umpire just needs to go away. I have no interest in baseball. 11 morons can play such an important part in deciding the outcome of a game. Okay. There's been talk of the home plate umpire going away and just simply using, you know, the the uh the the eye, the the scanner, the the K zone thing. I like that about baseball. I love technology. I love the fact that baseball's kind of gotten better at the instant replay. I love the pitch clock, but I'm not sure I want the home plate umpire to go away. There, there's still there's still a little gamesmanship in baseball. If you didn't have the K zone, you would think the umpire got it right 99.5% of the time. As it stands, they still get that strike zone right about 95, 96% of the time. I don't want to do away with the home plate umpire. I don't. Hey, Bill. Utah's new Big 12 schedule is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it's exciting. We'll get some uh, getting some uh, used to, but I think Utah will be competitive. Excited the rivalry's back. Bring on the team from down south. Yeah, if you missed it yesterday, next year Utah's going to play Arizona, BYU, TCU, and Iowa State at home, those Big 12 schools. And they'll go on the road to ASU, Colorado, Houston, Oklahoma State, and Central Florida. And I would tell you, Utah fans, I said this yesterday, I'll say it again. If you're planning a trip for next year, I would tell you, plan to go to Stillwater. You've probably gone to Tempe and Boulder. Houston, it's okay. Not a huge Houston fan. I've not been to their new stadium. I was at their old stadium, Robertson Stadium. And Central Florida is just Orlando. You want to go to a college town? That's a great college town. And fans that are engaged, go to Stillwater. 
Go to Boone Pickens Stadium. Go to Eskimo Joe's on Friday night. It's it's a good time. Now, it's, like I said, most of these trips in the Big 12 are going to be an airplane flight than a rental car drive, but that's okay. It's part of the adventure. But if you're picking a road trip for next year in the Big 12, I'd say Stillwater, Oklahoma. Now, hopefully that game's in October, but November November's not bad. BYU's got Zona at home next year, Houston at home next year, or uh, Oklahoma State at home, KU and K-State. BYU goes to ASU, Utah, Baylor, and UCF. Full schedule's up at ESPN700sports.com if you want to look at where they go in 25, 26, and 27 as well. All right, keep those text messages coming in today. 877-353-0700. One more quick one, because I like like affirmations sometimes. Hey, Bill, I love the app, and thanks for a great show. And a shout-out to my best friend's nephew for winning to the World Series last night, a 33-year-old hitting coach. Oh, okay. Congratulations to him. World Series ring coming his way. Good on him. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the ASU game coming up with our buddy Tim Healy. By the way, I was up at the Utah Red Zone store yesterday. Thank you to Omar and Rochelle and all those folks for having me up there. Uh, to this week's game for Utah is that Salute to America game. They're going to celebrate those who have served in the military and their families. Campus Store has all the new Freedom Collection. It's good-looking stuff, too. I saw it all yesterday from Under Armour. They're going to be what Utah coaches will be wearing it. Utah will have the special brand edition on the products. It's going to sell out. So to go to uredzone.com or hit the main campus or Sandy Campus store and get all your Salute to America game stuff. But it will sell out, so you might want to swing by the locations today or tomorrow because by Saturday it'll probably be gone. Plus, they've got all their winter and outerwear gear going on right now. Champion, Under Armour League, all that stuff. Great gift for Utah fans on your holiday list, plus everything else too. It's the Utah Red Zone and the U Red Zone campus stores in Sandy and Main Campus. All right, grabbing a timeout. We'll come back on the other side. My buddy Tim Healy will join us next right here on ESPN 700. It's time to talk Pac-12 football. This is the Pac-12 Insider here on ESPN 700. The Pac-12 Insider is presented by Sound Warehouse. Now for the latest on Pac-12 football, here's the Pac-12 Insider here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. We are about 48 and a half hours away from Utah and ASU. High noon kickoff at Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I'll be on the air with Scott Mitchell and Stevenson Sylvester. Our next guest will be on the air with his broadcast crew as well. He'll be coming up for the Valley of the Sun. It'll be chilly here, but not too cold for the Sun Devils in early November. My friend Tim Healy brings the broadcast team up. He's here to tell us a little bit about Kenny Dillingham's team and what we should expect on Saturday. Tim, what's up? How you doing, Bill? Long time no here. I know. It's been a minute, probably since basketball season, maybe baseball season. How things been? Uh, it's, you know, been interesting. It's, you know, you, you know, you don't want to have, uh, ideally as a broadcaster, a football team that's two and six, but it's a, uh, it's clearly a team that's trending upward right now because in each of their prior four games before their win over Washington State last week, uh, the Sun Devils, uh, we're playing better incrementally game by game, and we're in every Pac-12 game they played and probably could have or should have won two or three of them, including that uh, 
tremendous defensive effort they had at Washington a couple weeks ago when they held the high-powered Huskies without an offensive touchdown, but they just couldn't generate enough offense of their own despite having a 15-minute time of position advantage in that game and end up losing 15-7. to But they finally got a bit of a breakthrough last Saturday in their homecoming game. They played really well, had over 500 yards of offense, uh, nicely divided between uh, the passing attack and the ground game. And uh, their defensive coordinator, Brian Ward, has done a magnificent job with their defense. In fact, just last night on uh, Kenny's radio show that I host uh, every Wednesday night, Kenny actually gave us a little bit of uh, hard news when he uh, said on the air that Coach Ward has actually already in just his first year received now a three-year contract extension to stay here at Arizona State because he's done that good of a job with the defense that uh, has has really played well. In fact, uh, they've held their last three opponents under 100 yards rushing. Uh, every opponent since uh, the opening week of the season has been held at or below its per-game scoring average. Uh, they've been pretty good defensively. The, uh, the issue uh, frequently in their losses has been uh, the offense, but the offense showed signs of life last week. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're, you know, they're starting to build a little bit of confidence and, you know, the record doesn't look pretty at two and six, but they're, 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 they're just playing better and better. And when you take into account the rash of injuries they've had, I know they won't get a lot of sympathy up your way. Cause I know you guys have had a whole boatload of injuries, but, uh, Arizona state is in the same boat and their offensive line has been absolutely ravaged with injuries this year. And yet, uh, they managed to put together a group that last week uh, did not allow a sack and helped pave the way for 509 yards of total offense against Washington State. So and they're getting better. They know they've got a heck of a test coming up Saturday, but uh, uh, they're trending upward right now, I would say. Well, they've been in every game except for the Fresno game. I mean, going to Oklahoma State, Southern Utah, they win. The SC game they were in, Cal, obviously all, all those others won scores, but they, they've been in them all. Was that the expectation? Come, I'm just curious down there what the expectation was because so many guys left. He, it wasn't quite the Colorado yeah. thing, but they, they had a lot of guys leave kind of on their own. I don't think Kenny showed them the door. They kind of left on their own. So what was your expectation, Tim, of this team this year? Did you even have one? Yeah, they. I mean, they, they're basically second to Colorado in all the stats. You know, most newcomers, most transfers, most scholarship newcomers. Uh, they're basically either second or third in the nation. And Colorado, of course, leads the way in all those uh, categories this year. But um, yeah, I think coming in, you know, we we did expect a little bit more than a two and six record at this stage of the season. But I, I frankly personally i generally don't put a lot of expectations on teams i just uh you know let them play see what happens that sort of thing and with so many newcomers it's just so hard to tell how everybody's going to come together but then the injury issue hit and uh, you know they used three different starting quarterbacks i think in the first three or four games of the season and uh, you know the offensive line you know they've got i think uh, something like five rotational players who are sidelined or out for the year or haven't even played this year because of injuries. So uh, all those factors kind of uh, knock you back down to reality. And I think for Kenny, his, his thing this year, I, I think is, is growth and improvement. I think he wants to see this team progress game by game. 
and that they certainly have, particularly since the start of Pac-12 conference play. And uh, he hasn't as much said it, but you almost get the implication that deep down his his idea is the record doesn't really matter this year. It's about showing growth and showing improvement in the quality of play because, as he said, even with the win last week, the process doesn't change. He said the only thing that changes is you feel good Saturday night after you get a win as opposed to the results they've had most of the season. But then, you know, 24 hours later, boom, it's back to the process and back to getting ready for the next game and just trying to get better. And uh, the encouraging thing is that even with all the injuries they have, improved in the quality of their play game by game and uh it's been uh you know encouraging to see that component of it uh, tim obviously the injuries they, they found a quarterback trent borgay who's been in the program for a minute he's not playing bad at all numbers are good completion numbers things like that are pretty good but if it weren't for injuries would they would they have kind of just played rashada as a freshman knowing this was a rebuilding year and kind of dread to grow around him well, I think that would have that was the plan, and and, and Jaden Rashada, you know, very highly re, uh, recruited, and uh, uh, his father Harlan, you know, you know, you're getting old. I broadcast uh, on television a game in 1992 <laughs> when Harlan Rashada, as a true freshman, had four sacks in one game against Louisville, and uh, you know, now I'm broadcasting games that his son's playing. But uh, uh, Jaden started the first two games, but then uh, an injury occurred and. He is, um, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually play him at some point before the end of the year because he only played the first two games. And as you know, you can play as many as four and still retain your redshirt year. And I think they definitely want to retain his redshirt year. So, but uh, he, he's been back in, in uniform uh, at practice this week. I, you know, I don't think he's not going to play this week, but uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he does hit the field at some point, but I think that was the plan originally, you know, that's why they named him the starter because he is a very talented young man. And the hope is that he would, you know, grow in the job and, uh, as the program builds, you know, get the growing pains out of the way, or at least the the, the first stage of them uh, this season. But uh, the injury changed that. And Trenton Borgay is a kid who's been in the program for about four years, you know, originally walked on from the Tucson area and uh, it was pressed into duty last year in a game against Washington when last year's starter Emory Jones got hurt. And all Borgade come, does is come in and lead the, the Sun Devils to a stunning victory over the Huskies in Arizona State. Trenton Borgay is the last quarterback to have beaten Washington, you know, because uh, the Huskies have not lost a game since. Um, and he, he had, uh, I think he's had something like nine starts in his career, and in three of them, or five of them, I should say, he has thrown for 300 or more yards. And uh, he had a very efficient game last week against Washington State, threw for 274, uh, no turnovers, uh, uh, 73% completion percentage. He doesn't have a real strong arm, but he's a good uh, passer in the intermediate game and just a really good uh, game manager. This will be his first time seeing Utah, though, so uh, he's going to go up against a really good defense. But uh, Trenton has done a nice job here. Speaking of defense, how did your defense do that to Washington? I mean, again, no no offense, they've been a solid unit, but Washington was just rolling at that point in time. They've been a little wobbly since, but how does that happen at Husky Stadium? 
Uh, well, I think probably, you know, with all due respect, I would think that, you know, Washington, they had played such a highly emotional game the week before against Oregon. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of an interesting tidbit. Utah is the third consecutive opponent Arizona State will be playing that will have played Oregon the week before. <laughs> and, of course, Kenny Dillingham was the offensive coordinator at Oregon last year. So I don't know what kind of intel he's getting. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I think that, that emo- the emotional win against the Ducks took a little something out of the Huskies. But defensively, Arizona State did a tremendous job pressuring Michael Penix. I'm not sure... If, I think they may have gotten one or two sacks. I don't remember, but uh, they had a bunch. Of, they just had some a gap pressures that were getting in Penix's face. And as uh, Brian Ward, the defensive coordinator, told me, he thought the key possessions in that game were the first two because on Washington's first possession they hit Penix and got to him, and then on the second one Penix threw an interception, and it was the first interception of the season for Arizona State, the Sun Devils. Uh, through their first, well, I think the Washington game must have been their seventh game of the year. Uh, the first six games, they had one takeaway in six games, and that was a fumble by USC on a botched handoff by Caleb Williams. It wasn't really a you know a forced turnover, uh, but they got an interception on the second series, and then they eventually got four takeaways from the Huskies. So they were able to you know generate some turnovers and got some pressure in his face, and they've done a pretty good job in run defense, you know, all season long, uh, So uh, and, and held the Huskies to 13 rushing yards. So those were the components of uh, their defensive effort against Washington. And uh, it was just really impressive to see, and it's just a shame that uh, the Sun Devils, you know, they, there, there was a victory there for the taking that, in my opinion, would have been the second biggest upset in the Pac-12 this century, uh, I think the biggest would be the 2007 game when Stanford was a 43-point underdog at USC and went to the Coliseum and beat the Trojans by a point uh, in Jim Harbaugh's first year. But um, they had victory right there and just couldn't finish the deal. But, boy, they really did play well defensively in that game against Penix and company. No doubt about it. Our friend Tim Healy from Arizona State with us here on the Bill Riley Show. Um, how are you feeling as we hit the final month of the season and the final month of Pac-12 football? You've been around it a lot longer than I have. You go back to the Pac-10 days. So um, it's been kind of a little yeah, a little bittersweet for me running into people I'm not going to see again on a regular basis. Luckily, you and I will be in the same conference, so we'll still cross paths. But you know, Pete Arbogast has become a good friend of mine. Um, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. and friend of Jerry Allen and Joey Mack and Mike Jorgensen up at, up at, uh, up at Oregon. It's it kind of stinks. I say this all the time, Tim. You you make friends over the years. We don't see each other all the time, but when we gather together, we get to tell stories and have fun, and, and it's a good time. So it, it's it's kind of been melancholy and a little bittersweet for me. I can only imagine you have done it a lot longer than me in this conference. Maybe feel the same? Well, you picked my two favorite words, and I might throw in a third from Saturday Night Live. Mike Myers, I'm getting a little verklempt about uh, all these uh, laughs. You know, obviously this week, uh, you know, you and I, thankfully, will be, you know, seeing, running into each other quite a bit is along the Big 12 trail. But you're right. I mean, it's been a whole series of laughs. I mean, I saw Pete Arbogast when we played USC here, and I, and I think Pete was, uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was borderline emotional, but right at the end of the game, uh, I saw him out in the hallway you know, outside the booths. And, uh we just kind of wondered aloud if, you know, we're going to see each other again. Cause Pete only does a, a USC football. He does 
not do uh, basketball or baseball, but uh, so that may be the you know that may be the last time there. Next week we go to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. Who knows when we're going to be in the Rose Bowl again? I spent uh, my family and I we lived a year and a half in Seattle in the late '80s when I was in the television news business, and you know so when going to Husky Stadium a couple weeks ago. You know, it's it's a very small percentage of my life, but I have some life and family history in the Seattle area. And we play the Huskies in basketball up there, I think, in mid-January. But after that, who knows when I'll get to see, go go to, you know, Seattle and, and, and you know, play you know, play a game against Washington again. You know, we don't we, – we have Oregon at home in a couple of weeks. So maybe I've called my last game ever at Autzen Stadium. And uh, that's a really special place in this league. And – in college football in general. Same thing in Corvallis. We don't play the Beavers this year in football. Um, you know, so it, it is. It's very melancholy and very bittersweet because there are a lot of friends and relationships. And, you know, you you probably have your favorite restaurants or coffee yeah. shops or, you know, hangout places around the league, as do I. And, you know, it's exciting to anticipate new rivalries and new friendships and new relationships and new places to go. But, yeah, it's 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 kind of tough. It's it's not. I think you put pick the right words. Bittersweet, melancholy. They both apply big time. Yeah, I don't mind verklempt either. Mike Myers kind of can't put that <laughs> yeah. into the lexicon I, I, as well. I, I kind of like that one as well. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I will say this: there's an excitement. I grew up in the the old Big Eight. I went to a Big Eight now Big Twelve school, and what I've told a lot of Utah mm-hmm. fans, and you can tell ASU fans too. A um, little harder to get to some of those schools, but. You're going to see a lot more full arenas in basketball, Tim. You and I both know that the, there's only one arena that fills up on a regular basis. That's your big rival down in Tucson. Every building in the Big 12 fills up in basketball just about. And uh, there's a lot more passion when you get to town. Now, it's a little harder to get to some of these places. But when you get to town on a Friday night and Saturday morning, there's going to be a little bit more juice in the building. So, yeah, there's there's not the history, but there's new. And I, I tell people it's going to be exciting. Once you get into it a little bit, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, the things I'm looking forward to, like you said, a lot of the towns in the Big 12 are prototypical college towns, and yeah. it's great a conference as the Pac-12 has been. It's as you know, it's a largely urban league. You know, Eugene, Corvallis, and Pullman are probably the three true college towns in the conference. But uh, in the Big 12, you know, Manhattan, Lawrence, Ames, uh, Stillwater. Uh, Lubbock, you know, all those places are, you know, uh, real prototypical college towns. And I'm looking forward to that atmosphere uh, when we travel there for football next year. And the other thing, I spent four years as a sportscaster in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, you know, so I got a pretty good taste of, you know, Texas, the state of Texas and its passion for football at all levels, high school, college, pro and we have four new rivals in the state of Texas now in Houston, Baylor, Texas mm-hmm. Tech, and TCU. And I'm looking forward to, you know, going there for uh, some road games. I think we go to Texas Tech in the first year of the Big 12 next year. And, you know, I've been to some, a lot of those places before. Of course, we had a great signature basketball win at Allen Fieldhouse in 2017. Mm-hmm. I called a baseball game at Kansas State. Uh, we played football at Oklahoma State, all three sports at Texas Tech, did an NIT game at Baylor about 10 years ago. So I've been to some of these places before, but you know now we'll be going there on a regular basis. And, and like you said, there are some exciting things about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to that college town atmosphere 
And boy, I'm looking forward to basketball because that is going to be without, it already is the best basketball conference in the country. And with Arizona entering the league and, you know, and Bobby Hurley's doing a nice job here at Arizona state and Utah and Colorado's got a good team coming up this year. That's going to make a really good basketball league even better a year from now. I agree. Two more things for Tim Healy, then we'll cut him loose. On the basketball front, I called my first game. It was an exhibition game last night. Utah opens with Eastern Washington on Monday. What are the expectations for ASU this year? Uh, Bobby's got a nice team, I think. He's uh, excited about his team. Uh, and I don't know if you remember two players. Uh, we, we only have, I think, three returning players from last year, but two of them are our guards, uh, Frankie Collins and Jemiah Neal. And Jemiah Neal may, if, if everything continues on this path, may be one of the most improved players in the country. Uh, he, you know, he was a role player his first year. Last year in the Pac-12 and NCAA tournaments, he started to really assert himself more as a player. And he scored 35 points in a, in a recent uh, exhibition, preseason exhibition game. And he is uh, really, he and Frankie Collins, uh, I think, are going to be one of the best uh, backcourts in the Pac-12. And uh, Bobby's done a good job, again, uh, working the transfer portal uh, he's brought in some size, a seven-footer, a really athletic seven-footer from LSU, Sean Phillips. And I'm really anxious to see his team play. We open up with a challenging game uh, on the road. We go to Chicago, actually, to play Mississippi State in one of those uh, neutral site games next Wednesday at uh, Wind Trust Arena in Chicago. And I think Florida Atlantic from the Final Four of a year ago plays Loyola of Chicago in the other game of that. Uh, it's a barstool sports doubleheader, but Mississippi State, a team similar to ASU in that they won 21 games last year. Their coach, Chris Jans, used to be at New Mexico State and really, really good defensive team. And uh, so that's going to be a tough challenge in the opening game of the season. But I'm, I'm really excited about the potential for Bobby's team this year. Uh, before I let you go, Saturday, um, it's what's got to happen for the Devils to make it two in a row? I think they've actually got it. You know, they're they're going to have to just get physical and uh, play Utah's style of, of football. You know, obviously the Utes are tough and uh, physical on both sides. It's a game that's going to be decided in the trenches. But I think the Sun Devils have just got to roll up their sleeves and go to work, and they've got to be able to establish some kind of running game. And now, they, I don't think they're going to run for the 235 yards they got on the ground against. Washington State, but I think they've got to be able to get some kind of push in the running game, uh, you know, to, for that to happen. And they've got to stop the run defensively. And they've, as we said, they've done a pretty good job of that this year. So uh, they've just, you know, you can't run away from the fact that Utah is one of the toughest and most physical teams in the country. You just got to, you know, go right at the bully, if you will. And I think that's gives the Sun Devils their best chance to uh, to win is just to play you know do 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 to them what they do unto others and uh, that gives them their best chance of pulling off an upset saturday hey good chatting today look forward to seeing you on saturday tim all right bill take care you good too to you. tim healy play-by-play voice of those arizona state sun devils who will be in town saturday eight o'clock pregame noontime kickoff up at rice eccles stadium hey with the weather changing and moving from fall we're not far away from winter might be a good time to have those tires checked Les Schwab Tires, more than 70 years, and Les Schwab Tire Centers have taken pride in their performance, providing a superior, uh, superior value, and building customers for life.
People that choose Les Schwab, they choose because they trust the service and they trust the values. They don't just sell tires. They take pride in doing the right thing. So if you've had a little tread go on those tires, and maybe it's that time, maybe it's been a couple of years, go in and have them checked. Lunchtime. You've been thinking all morning long about getting something good in your belly. But what should you choose today? Bill Riley has a suggestion for today. This is What's for Lunch here on the Bill Riley Show. Order up, boss. Now to give you today's menu, here's Bill Riley on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, What's for Lunch today and all week has been Mo Betta's Hawaiian. Yeah, it doesn't get a whole lot better than Mo Betta's if you like great pork, steak, and chicken, some of that great rice that they serve it on, some of the Mo Betta's sauce that they put on top of it. So very good. 22 Utah locations, they serve lunch, they serve dinner. Actually, they're all over the country. My dad actually hits Mo Betta's in Kansas City from time to time. So if you like a good basic meat Hawaiian Polynesian lunch, nothing better than Kimo and Kalani Max, Mo Betta's Hawaiian. Stop in and see them today and uh, find them online as well. That's Mo Betta's. All right, a uh, couple of news and notes from the day in sports today. Jazz play tonight. Um, they play Orlando tonight at seven. They're two and three. Orlando's two and two. Orlando lost two in a row. They got swept by the LA teams down there. Jazz got better last night. Uh, Memphis is terrible right now. So, uh, still no answer in the backcourt. Still a work in progress right now as they try to find out who's who down there. But the Jazz and the Orlando Magic tonight at seven downtown. Uh, and by the way, I want to give a shout out today. You guys know I teach the media class up on campus. Uh, speaking of the Jazz, my friend, the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke came down and uh, spoke to the class this morning. Um, David is high energy. He is at 7.30 in the morning after working till 2 o'clock last night. He still brought it. And I've asked a lot of friends. Boulder came and spoke to the class last year. Aaron Falk of the Salt Lake Tribune has come in. Uh, My friend Andrea Urban from Fox 13 came by earlier this year. We've had a lot of people that have come by and spoken to the class. And I really, I mean, David did it after working late last night, drove down from Park City, had physical therapy at his knee operated on last week, but he's go, go, go. And I just, I can't thank him enough for coming and, and talking to my class. And just, I, I just like, I just like my friends and the people that are in the industry. I like to give these kids an idea of what the job is about, what the, what the industry is about. And what you have to do to get a job in our business. It's not easy. A lot of people want to have jobs. It's not easy. You've got to work and you've got to grind. My producer on the other side of the glass, 23-year-old Leaf Tulane, he, he's a grinder. He is. He has been interning for us for a couple of years. I've known Leaf since he was like 17 when he was at Roland Hall. And then he roomed with my son for a couple of years at college. Leaf has always been a grinder whether it's doing podcasts, producing this show, doing play-by-play, helping out with the jazz, putting together draft guides. He is a grinder. He is an example of what what you need to do to get in the business. He's going to be a wildly successful broadcaster of some sort. I don't know which direction. He may do everything. That's kind of what you have to do in our position, too. You have to do a little bit of everything. But he's a perfect example of what it is, and David talked about that, and it's what I talk about, too. Anyway, I love teaching that class. And I, I can't thank my friends in the business enough for coming in like David did today. So he's probably not listening because he's probably doing one of his 17 podcasts or game prep for tonight's uh, for tonight's broadcast. But I do appreciate um, David coming in and speaking to the class today. So anyway, a um, couple of text messages here. Hey, Bill, 
Got to be honest about the new Big 12 football home schedule. Me and my circle of Ute friends are not excited about it. Feels like Mountain West 2.0. Hopefully we get into the Big 10 next expansion cycle. That's probably not going to happen. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. The home schedule, okay. Next year at home, the Utes have TCU, BYU, Iowa State, and Arizona. Okay. Good road trips, too. It's a different feel. It's a different conference. I'm just telling you the passion and the energy in the Big 12 Conference is so much greater than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 had great destinations, Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles. If you're really a fan of the collegiate experience, the Big 12, I think, is a better overall collegiate feel than even the Pac-12 was. It's not to say I'm, I'm, I'm happy about the Pac-12 disappearing because I would have been very happy about it, but I'm, I'm just give it a chance. Make a couple of road trips. See what the league's about. Hey, Bill, without Big 12 divisions, is it possible Utah and BYU could face in a Big 12 championship game? Yes. They're just going to take the top two teams. So, yeah, it's not, I mean, that's probably not going to happen in the next year or two. But, yeah, absolutely. They just take the best two. So, yeah, they could absolutely positively end up there. Text message. Hey, Bill. Would a one-loss Pac-12 champion make it to the college football playoff? Assuming the other four champions or the other champions are not undefeated, yes. Undefeated teams are always going to be in. But I would tell you this year, a one-loss Pac-12 champion will supersede any other one-loss team. Just look at the rankings right now. Look at Oregon. They're a one-loss Pac-12 team. They are the top one-loss team right now. So, yeah, I think that will be the case. 877-353-0700 to get you in and on board today. Text message, hey, Bill, thank you. My pals and I listen to you all the time. Big part of my day. Love your show. Go Utes. Thank you. That's why I was saying thank you earlier. Text message, hey, Bill, we wouldn't be listening if the show stunk. (laughs) So thank you for a great content. Yeah, I appreciate that. I if the show stinks, I know you guys You guys will keep me on point. If the show stinks, you'll let me know. Text message, hey, Bill, do you think the Huskies will have a loss? If so, who? It's a good question. I think that it's hard for me to see them. I, I would tell you this. If they end up playing Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game, I think Oregon will beat them because I do think Oregon's the best team. As far as regular season games, I don't think they're going to lose this weekend. I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that USC, USC can score. USC can't stop anybody. So I, I don't think that loss would come this week. Where it could come, maybe Oregon State. Maybe the, maybe the Apple Cup, Washington State. Maybe Utah. In a couple of weeks, I mean, they've got they've got a little bit of a challenge coming up. They've got USC, Utah, Oregon State at Oregon State and then Washington State at home. I think their best chances for a loss are either Utah or Oregon State. Or maybe a Pac-12 championship game, maybe in a rematch against an Oregon, potentially. We'll see. All right, 877-353-0700. Big thank you to Chipman Roofing, and big thank you to Braden. He's the owner and operator. That's Braden Chipman. You can find him at, Braden, at chipmanroofing.com. 
They back up every product they do, whether it's a full re-roof or a a roof repair, 100% satisfaction guarantee. He also offers a free inspection and a free quote. So if you're thinking your roof might be old, maybe it needs to be re-roofed or maybe at least repaired, call Braden, set up an appointment, have him come out, give you a free inspection. His number is 801-664-2906. You can also email him straight from the website, chipmanroofing.com. Bottom line is, locally owned, locally operated, not going anywhere, do great work. That's Chipman Roofing. So reach out and get to him today at shipmanroofing.com. Quick time out. Bryson Barnes, Utah quarterback, joins us next here on ESPN 700. It's time to get the latest on Utah athletics from our Utes Insider here on the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. Now here's Bill Riley with a Utes Insider on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, new time hour on a Thursday here on the Bill Riley Show on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. We're a couple of days, well, exactly. We're like 48 hours away from Utah and Arizona State. That's a, a noontime kickoff on Saturday. So we're just inside that 48-hour mark as the Utes prepare, try to bounce back after a tough one last week against the Oregon Ducks. And uh, we're going to catch up right now with University of Utah quarterback Bryson Barnes, brought to us by... Our friends at Advanced Window Products here on ESPN 700. Bryson, good Thursday to you. How's the week been? It's it's been going good. Appreciate you for having me. Well, it's good to have you back on again. Uh, We knew going in last week that was going to be a tough game. It was probably going to be the best team you guys faced all year long. You feel good working up to it. Your preparation was good. Then Saturday happens. Uh, give us a little rundown from your vantage point, the most important vantage point on the field, as to kind of what happened last week and just how good Oregon was. Yeah, so obviously credit to Oregon, what they were able to do. You know, they that, that's a that's a great football team right there. They were they were really good up front. They were good in the secondary. There wasn't really a weakness or a dude that stood out on their defense that we could really try to exploit. So it was just mainly what we were doing against what they were doing. And yeah, they did a great job. I mean, they they did a great job pressuring me and getting hits on me and kind of covering things in the back end, you know, Uh, looking back at it, we, uh, you know, there's a few miscommunication errors that kind of went on throughout the game. So that's kind of been a a focus this week to get those types of things cleaned up. When you play in a game like that and you go into the game, knowing that team is good at what point in time do you kind of realize in the game? Oh yeah, they're really good. Maybe they're a little bit better than we even thought they were on tape. Yeah, I, I don't know if that ever really hit me like, man, these guys are a lot better than we thought because we, we knew we were going up against a, a tough team. We knew they were, they were going to be dominant up front, and they had dudes in the secondary. Uh, but, yeah, when we just couldn't really get anything going on offense, it, was, it wasn't more so about what they were doing. I felt like it was more so what we were doing and kind of the things that we, were, we weren't executing as well as we should have been. And I feel like that was kind of what was going through my mind. So in, when you're in a game like that, just kind of take us behind the scenes a little bit. Fans like to have this kind of inside football talk. When you're having some struggles and then you're coming to the sideline, what's the conversation on the sideline? Are you on the headset with Coach Ludd upstairs talking about what you're seeing and what he's seeing? You're trying to make those in-game yeah. adjustments. Kind of take us through that when you get, you know, you're coming off to the sideline and you're trying to trying to find something that works over there. How much of it's upstairs? How much of it's on the field? How much are you talking to the guys? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah, so a lot, I would say, you know, it's both ways. Definitely what's coming down from up top with Coach Ludd and 
but what I'm saying on the sideline with the guys. Uh, so when it comes like, you know, when you're, when you're struggling on drives, struggling to get the ball movement moving, it's uh, what things that we haven't shown them already that we're trying to get done. And then also things that we were hoping to be able to run against these guys, but now they kind of they came out of a different defense. You know, they have, they have game plans as well. And so it's like, all right, this scheme that we had put in place to attack this part, this isn't going to be as good because they're running a lot more of this type of coverage. And so that it's prioritizing certain plays for this drive that is going to give us the best opportunity to start matriculating the ball downfield. So what are those conversations like when you put the headset on and you're talking to Andy upstairs? Uh, so it, uh, so you, you put it on after, after you get on the sideline, you say, what's up, coach? And you kind of just go over the drive. And you go through each play, the reads, why you did what you did, and kind of what happened. You just kind of talk through it, and you kind of you're t- telling him what you're seeing down there on the field, and then he'll tell you what he's seeing up top. And yeah, it's just like this, this constant communication. Make sure that we're, you're staying on the same page. And like if if you screwed up on a check, then he he's letting you know like, hey, like this is what they were doing. This is what they ended up going into. So like leave that play on and and different things like that. So yeah, it's just kind of you're getting just a wider perspective in game when you get to the sideline. I'm just curious. You've got Luke over there. You've got Nate over there. You've got Cam over there as well. How much feedback are you getting from your fellow quarterbacks when you're coming off the field? No, I I, I actually like to go to them and kind of get it as I'm going to the bench to get on the headset with the coach. Like, did you guys see this? Like, what did you guys think of that? And, they'll yeah, they'll they'll give me – a bunch of feedback like hey this is what we were seeing and then I, I i take all that from what i've seen to what they see and then you go hear what the coaches have seen as well yeah bryson barnes with us here on the bill riley show today joins us on thursday just to talk a little utah football with us from a quarterback's perspective brought to us by advanced window products curious from your vantage point you know generally when you have more reps you get more comfortable you have more experience you begin to see things better is that the case? I mean, that's what the theory is. Do you feel like you're seeing things better now? And every team's going to be a little bit different. Everybody runs something different, disguises things differently. But is your comfort level, is your vision better, say, today than it was against Florida? Oh, 100%. That 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 theory, <laughs> I would argue that it's factual. The more reps you get, the more just like you said, the more comfortable you get, you start seeing things better. You start developing chemistry with the – your perimeter players, and you really just start getting into the flow of the game in practice, which carries, which translate and carries over into games. So yeah, those those reps that I've I've been getting these last two three weeks have they've helped me. I'm curious why I talked about this earlier this week with Kyle Whittingham on the coaches show, and I wanted to talk to you about about it to you today. It felt like one of the better drives you guys had was that end of the first half drive where it was kind of two-minute and up-tempo, and you got to the line and you moved quickly. How how comfortable do you feel right now, Bryson, in the up-tempo? I know you run it in practice. You're running two-minute stuff. I know you can't yeah. run it all the time because you just can't. That's not the nature of what this offense is. But how do you feel about running the tempo, and is that something you feel like could be a kind of a change-up in game where you guys are having some struggles getting into your offense? No, yeah, I think I think having a change of tempo is something that we that we should be implementing each and every game. And I feel like this is success that we've been having throughout the season with our tempo that is something that we could definitely kind of expound upon in games. You know, 
changing it up on the defense, you know, not letting them get their cleats set in the ground or get their calls exactly right. Like those are definitely advantages an offense can take on a defense. So yeah, I think we can definitely implement that more. Do you enjoy running up tempo? Do you feel like you have a little, I know, I know you get multiple plays and you're checking to a couple of different plays and things like that. Do you, do you like that up tempo? Do you feel like you have a little bit more control of the offense that way? Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't say I have more control of the offense either way. I, I feel like I'm in control regardless if we're going up tempo or if we're huddling up, getting up to the line. And yeah, I feel, I, yeah, I, I just feel comfortable with either. Uh, you had a good connection with Devon on Saturday too. One of his better games of the year. What's that? What's that relationship like between you and Devon Bailey? I mean, it's great. That dude just keeps his nose down in practice and just keeps working regardless of how many touches or how, how what what he gets during the games. He's the same dude that shows up each and every practice. And it was just great to see him kind of kind of get get his on Saturday against against a very talented secondary. Hard to miss him too. He's a big target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great dude. Got some range, and he's got great hands. So you know, after you go through that game, and after you go back and watch the tape, what what's your biggest takeaway other than that Oregon's really good? Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest, like I would say, yeah, like you said, takeaways that I had was just just better execution across the board, regard whether it's when I'm when I'm getting up to the line and I'm making a check, or I'm getting up and I'm going through my reads, just. Have, having better execution and and just just kind of trusting things from 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 my perspective and not theirs if that makes sense it does it does advanced window products brings us our 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 chat here today with Bryson Barnes here on the Bill Riley show Utah starting quarterback now five and one is a starter everybody's going to get that first loss somewhere along the line Bryson got his on Saturday the Utes now six and two and three and two. You got four games left, Bryce. It's weird to say this. It feels like just the other day we were getting ready for the Florida game, and and now now it's two thirds of the season is gone. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it feels like it's just flown by to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is it, it's crazy. I think we have four weeks left because I want to say so. We got a month left, and a month ago we were in the bye week, and the bye week doesn't seem that far away. <laughs> so yeah, it, it this season has absolutely flown by. Does it fly by faster when you're starting and you're in the position you're in versus, say, when you know you're the backup or the third string guy? Uh, I, I would I would think so, but I, like I remember last year going by pretty fast as well. So yeah, it, it's just like the rhythm and the routine you get each and get in each and every week. And you know, our, every season we we did the same things. We go to practice and I'll watch film, all that jazz. And I feel like once you get in your routine, like days are long and weeks are fast. I feel the same way because my days are occupied and busy and flying by, and now I've got basketball. I'm doing football and basketball. Did a basketball game last night, got a basketball game on Monday, got a football game here. It just, I mean, your time is just, you know, it, it would be like you preparing for two games. It would be like you preparing for Oregon and Arizona State in the same week. You can Ugh. do it, but, man, you've got to really be sharp and on your time. Yeah. So, so now that it's flying by, we've got a third of the season left. You guys still have everything to play for here. I, I know the road's tougher. There's no margin for error now, but it feels like you guys have kind of been in this position the last two years too. You've set yourself up to where you had to almost run the table the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. If, if these last two years weren't exact testaments to what the situation we are in now, then, like, I don't know what is. Like, you know, everything's still on the table. We, we've just got to control what we can control, and that's going 1-0 each and every week.
Well, you've got to go one and zero against Arizona State this week, and this is a team that's kind of in a rebuilding mode. They've got a new head coach. They lost a ton of guys in the portal. Kenny Dillingham came in from Oregon last year, where he was the offensive coordinator. And it's interesting. They're two and six, and they're one and four in the Pac-12. But I know you've watched the tape, and I, I've watched a lot of tape this week of them, and I've seen the results. They don't feel like a team that's one and four right now, do they? No, no, they don't. I mean, at the end of the day, they've got scholarship players down there as well. And if you take any any type of team lightly in the Pac-12, I mean, you can get beat on any given day. I mean, you could look at Cal, and you overlook Cal, USC about got beat by him. You know what I mean? So when it comes to the Pac-12 play, there's not a single team you can take lightly because if you take a game lightly, they'll hit you in the mouth. You know, Washington State, they're, they're a good football team. They went down there, and they got beat by him last week. Like, it's just not a team that you can take lightly and – yeah, because you don't want a, a game like this to screw up your season. Well, and you know this, that they should have beaten Washington at Washington. I mean, they went up to Washington, yeah. who's now fifth-ranked in the country, and were leading that game till the very end. Their defense held Washington to basically one score in that game. The other score was pick six. Yep. Yeah, that, that, like just, just like I said, man, you, you cannot overlook any team. You have to treat every single week from here on out as if it is the Super Bowl because if you're not treating it like a Super Bowl, you're going to overlook one of these teams and they're going to come and they're going to beat you. So give, give me the, the vibe this week, how you guys have put the Oregon loss behind you and turned your focus to both Arizona State and, and the month of November. Yeah, I, I feel like the, it, it's definitely been like a, a turn of mentality as in like, you know, we, we come off the loss. No, no one's happy about that. I mean, that, that was it's just not it's never fun to lose and but we always have a talk you know we have a saying it's the, the games in november are the ones to remember and for us to be coming into this november six and two like that's a great spot to be and there's a lot of teams right now that would kill to have that type of record coming in in november and so now that we've built that up we've just got to keep we've just got to keep it rolling throughout the rest of november and just like i said go one and know every week so give me a read as you've watched a bunch of tape this week on the Sun Devils, what they do and how they cause offenses problems. Yeah, so they they are committed to stopping the run. They're give, they're only giving up like a hundred yards a game in a, a rushing defense, and so that they're fully committed to stopping the run. And usually, when the team is fully committed to stopping the run, then that they usually gives in in the passing area, but. So, yeah, they, they do really good stopping the run. They do a pretty good job of, you know, dialing up pressures and getting pressures on the quarterback. That's what gave uh, Penix and uh, Ward uh, a lot a lot of trouble with Washington Washington State. And, so yeah, those are just some things they're doing well. But, uh, you know, I feel like our game plan and our kind of scheme to kind of prepare for that is is kind of the way to go. You expect a lot of pressure again this week from them then? Oh, yes, absolutely. That's. That, that that's something you can expect every week. But th- this team, yeah, they like they like to heat things up. When you know a team likes to bring a lot of pressures, and that's kind of the key to what they do defensively. You know, they're not trying to. Well, maybe they'll try to disguise it. Everybody tries to, but you know the pressure's coming at some point in time. Um, what's the first thing you do when you break the huddle and get that vision of that defense? Who are you looking for? What are you trying to identify? Oh yeah. So when, when you break the huddle, the first thing you got to identify is where your safety is at. You know, they're they're going to tell you a lot. DBs and corners, they they can kind of lie to you. Uh, 
you know, a lot, a lot of the keys that we call keys to the castle, you know, is like uh, safety leverage, safety depth, you know, linebacker width. You know, if, the, if there's a tilt in the linebackers, uh, sometimes certain front structures can tell you pressure. Uh, yeah, so there's just there's just certain things that'll kind of give you some keys to what 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 they're trying to do defensively. And so yeah, that's just what you got to be doing throughout the week is trying to find those keys throughout your film study. I know a lot of NFL teams, Bryson, like to use motion to try to determine what defenses are doing and maybe where pressures are coming from. Do you guys like to use that as well? Do you use motion to kind of identify that stuff, or do you guys do something else? No, yeah, we we, we definitely use motion to kind of it, – it's you can also use it for pressure. You can also use it for man zone indic- indicators. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot of perks to having motion because the defense has to adjust to you. And sometimes, you know, if, if it is a type of zone, you're going to be able to figure that out with the motion and then also with the pressure, you're going to be able to kind of figure things out with that pre-snap movement. Bryson Barnes with us for a moment or two more here on the Bill Riley Show today, brought to you by Advanced Window Products. That's Nate Orchard's crew. They do a great job with windows, doors, siding, and a whole lot more. Um, Arizona State, they're going to be pesky. They're going to come in and fight, but... A lot of what you guys do, and you were talking about it earlier, Oregon was certainly a good team, but you guys didn't feel like you guys did what you needed to do. Give me a couple of things that you guys have to be better at this week if you're going to get that dub on Saturday. Man, some things I feel like we got to be better at. I feel like we got to we got to be able to establish the run. You know, we that's kind of our offensive mantra is running the ball downhill and throwing the ball downfield. And so, like when we're able to get the run established. You know, that's going to lead more guys to being in the box, create more one-on-one matchups on the outside, and that's kind of the things that we like to take advantage of. So I feel like, yeah, once we can establish that run, getting the ball ran downfield, create the one-on-ones outside so we can throw it downfield. Does the fact you guys have kind of rallied from behind the last two years to get to Las Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game, does that give you a little bit of hope? Does that give you a little bit of confidence it could be done again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the guys that were here last year, I mean, we're all here on the same team this year. And so we've all kind of been in this situation before. We know what it's like. And, yeah, hope, hope's not lost yet. That Like, we still got everything to play for. Everything's on the table. We just got to make sure we're taking care of business. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes. We like our conversation weekly just to kind of catch up and get a read on things. Have a good next couple of days. We'll see you in on Saturday at Rice Eccles. Thank you, Bryson. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go. Bryson Barnes with us here on the Bill Riley Show today. Brought to you by Advanced Window Products, Utes and Devils inside of 48 hours. And if you want to get the latest access uh, as an insider, you should sign up for the Utah FTW 360 app. Gives you the best access to U of U Sports for free. You can find it in your app store or you get your apps, Google Play Store, Apple iTunes Store, and just download it. It's free, and it also... Gives you access to game plans and interviews and behind-the-scenes looks and all kinds of different stuff. So head over to your app store today, Google Play or Apple App Store, and download the Utah For the Win 360. It's Utah FTW 360 app, which is going above and beyond for the fans. Grab a timeout. We'll come back. Look how much basketball chatter. Utes open up on Monday night. Bring in Casey Jacobson, Fox Sports Analyst, to talk a little Pac-12 basketball, Utes, and more. Right here on the Bill Riley Show. Eric Weddle in about 35 minutes on ESPN 700. 
It's time to talk Pac-12 basketball. This is the Pac-12 Insider here on ESPN 700. Brought to you by Sound Warehouse. Now for the latest on Pac-12 hoops, here's the Pac-12 Insider on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Time to talk a little hoops. Regular season gets underway next week. Called the first exhibition game last night. Utes uh, were a little slow starting, but then they heated up. They can really shoot it this year. They've added depth and they've added shooting. I expect them to be better than they were a year ago. Now they have actually some obligations and some possibilities if they survive to survive an injury that they couldn't do last year when Madsen missed six weeks. Remember, they were in second place at the Pac-12 early in the season. Then Madsen missed seven weeks, and it just... Changed the way teams played against Utah. Preseason number seven. Um, Pac-12 is going to be good this year. Will they be great? That remains to be seen. That's why we're bringing Casey Jacobson, former Stanford sharpshooter, Fox Sports analyst, friend of the program. Case, it's almost here, man. How are you? <laughs> it's all. I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bill. I miss you, man. Uh, good to be with you. I can, uh, if you close your eyes and you concentrate really hard, you can hear the basketball shoes squeaking wherever you're at. Basketball season is right around the corner. I can't wait. I've been watching film, um, reading articles about everything I can. Uh, I'm ready. I hope the players and the coaches are as ready as you and I are. What do you remember about last year's Utah team from about mid-season to end-season? They finished 17-15. and 15. They were 10-10, and 10, as I mentioned. They were second place about four games in before Madsen's injury. Give me your assessment of last year's team, and then I'll kind of give you my take on this year's team. Yeah, last year's Utah team, offense was the issue. When I watched them, they weren't good enough offensively, explosive enough offensively to separate. Their defense was good. In fact, it was like probably top three uh, defenses in the in the Pac-12, which will give you a chance, but it's just not enough. It'll give you a chance, but it, it, like Utah lost so many games, close games last year, just because they didn't have enough uh, offensive firepower. The other memory I have is that win at home in the Hudson Center against Arizona. Uh, it was impressive. Arizona was a really really good team last season, and. Utah blew the doors off of them one game, showed their potential. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, the injury to Gabe Madsen. Now, Madsen is a really important piece to their team, and I actually didn't know how important he was until he goes down. Sometimes it's one of those things like you don't really know what you, you have till it's gone. Like, I wouldn't have put Gabe Madsen as one of the top, you know, most important guys. I would have probably had him fourth or fifth on my list, in fact. But he goes down – and that piece of shooting really affected everyone else. So this year's team, I'm excited. I actually have Utah as my dark horse pick as a as a uh, possible NCAA tournament team, despite the fact that they were chosen seventh in the Pac-12 media poll. If they finish seventh, they're not going to make the tournament, but I think they have room to move up uh, because they addressed what they needed to, and I'm just hoping they can also um, uh, stay healthy. Uh, Cole Badgham is certainly going to help them. I mean, I know their their exhibition game last night, Bill, against Westminster isn't really kind of the standard that they measure themselves against, but three-point shooting was really good. Despite Gabe Madsen not making a three, their team made 12. That's, that's a good sign. I hope they can keep that up. Well, yeah, that, and that's you, you hit on something exactly there, Case. I feel the same way. If they play to their potential and stay healthy, I think they are a borderline tournament team this year. They won 17 last year. I think they could approach 20 this year for sure. If they stay healthy, and, and to your point, Craig has added shooting. You're going to see Brandon Carlson's not going to be playing much center this year. He's going to be playing the four. 
They're going to play him out on the yeah. floor as a stretch. So you're going to have the guy they brought in from Colorado protecting the rim, kind of banging inside and Lawson Lovering. He's, he's really accepted that role well. Carlson at the four, Badgema at the three, Madsen at the two. That's three guys who can really shoot it. And then you've got uh, a Raleigh Wooster running the point who can, who's improved his three-point shooting as well. Then you bring a kid like Hunter Erickson, the BYU transfer, who was at Salt Lake Community College. He went four for four from deep last night. There's, there's five shooters for you right there. And, again, I'm just going to throw this in here. It's a long shot at this point. But if Davon Smith, the transfer from Georgia Tech, gets the waiver to be able to play, it really changes their backcourt from an athletic standpoint. That's a big if at this point. But the other stuff's there. I think this team's going to shoot it a lot better this year. Yeah, every team, Bill, has some big ifs. You know, whether it's waiting on a on a transfer waiver or waiting on a guy who, you know, has developed in the program but is now going to need to take a, a, a further step or it, importing a transfer and seeing how whether or not he can find his role. Almost every team in the country um, has those ifs. What I do like about Utah is they have more, like, they have less ifs. They have more like, hey, they went out and actually addressed the needs that they uh, clearly sh- showed last season. Um, you combine that with one of the better home court advantages in the Pac-12 conference, and I, I think it's a recipe that, that Utah could and should be the surprise team. They certainly have uh, they have that space in my mind. Now, if we focus more on the Pac-12, Bill, you mentioned uh, when you were introducing me, we don't really know how good the Pac-12 is, and I would totally agree with that. But I actually think it has the the potential to be a really solid. And I know that word like has kind of a negative connotation. What I mean by solid is I don't know if the Pac-12 has a national championship contender. I think Arizona could be that, but I don't know. I, I certainly don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year or as explosive as they were last year, but I could be wrong. Um, but I do think that, that, that this conference is deep. They returned five, the Pac-12 in general, five returning first-team all-conference players. That's the most in 16 years in the Pac-12. They have the best recruiting class overall in the entire country. Nine top 50 high school recruits are coming to the Pac-12. That's the most of any conference in the country. It's certainly led by Isaiah Collier at USC and Cody Williams, who's going to Colorado. But, man, like Arizona, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, Utah, these are all really quality basketball teams. I don't know if any of them can can win a national title, but I do know that any of them can compete with any program in the country. Colorado's intriguing for me. Uh, Tad's recruited well. He brings back some good players. I think I picked them maybe fourth in my preseason poll. I think they're pretty good. They've got a really highly touted recruit coming in. I'm not sure where we go with this, but I'm I'm intrigued to see what Colorado can do. I know what Arizona's going to be. I'm pretty sure what USC is going to be. I'm also a little intrigued with UCLA. There's a lot missing from last year's team, but they always recruit well. So I'm I'm a little curious to see how good. I know they'll be good. Mick Cronin's always got good teams. He coaches them well. But how good can UCLA be this year? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, those two those two teams I'm also intrigued. Let's just start briefly with Colorado. Colorado, similar to Utah, their issue last year was offense. They did not shoot it well at all. They were like, I think, 277th, I think, in, in three-point shooting. Um, K.J. Simpson, their sophomore point guard, is a good player, but really kind of lost his confidence from three 
And part of that was because he took bad shots off the bounce, contested. He needs to be a better three-point shooter. But they have three of the better individual talents in the Pac-12 with K.J. Simpson, Tristan Da Silva, and now Cody Williams. Those are three awesome players. Now, there's a pretty significant gap from the third-best player to the fourth and fifth-best players, in my opinion, on Tad Boyle's roster. But Colorado is very intriguing if they can get it together, and Cody Williams is as good as I think he is. But to UCLA, they are, to me, of any team in the entire country, the most unknown, but I'm also excited about their unknown. Dembona comes back, and uh, uh, you know, the best freshman in the Pac-12 last year. A day, uh, I think his name is a day Mora. I don't know how to pronounce his first name correctly. He's the seven foot three guy from Spain. He's going to be awesome. Mick Cronin loves him. But then they have another, they have three other guys, one from Turkey, one from France, and one from Slovenia. So obviously, none of us really know how this is all going to play out. We, we don't know. Um, they did, uh, of course, add Utah's Lazar Stefanovic for some three point shooting, also an international guy. So Man, more international flavor over there than some of the teams that I played on in Germany and Spain <laughs> during my professional basketball career, I would say that. But uh, I, I'm interested to see what, what UCLA um, is and, and how McCronin has built his team in a unique way. Best team in college basketball is who right now? Well, on paper, it's got to be Kansas, I think. Um, I like Duke preferably, but you got to start with Kansas. So Kansas did lose two NBA players in Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. And what do those two guys have in common besides the fact that they're NBA caliber players? They were their best three-point shooters. So Kansas, they get Hunter Dickinson, the the 7-2 transfer from Michigan. He's the Big 12 preseason player of the year. He's going to be awesome. But the the one thing that I, I doubt about Kansas is whether or not they're going to be able to shoot. They're going to be able to defend you. They're going to re- They're going to probably out-rebound most teams that they play, but three-point shooting could be an issue for the Jayhawks, so keep your eye on that. Um, Duke, I just love their combination of some, some veterans like Jeremy Roach, who's a junior, uh, with some of the incoming uh, freshmen that they have, plus the best sophomore in college basketball is Kyle Filipowski. Um, they're kind of hybrid center-slash-forward, could shoot the three. Would have been a, a first-round draft pick. It's very rare that uh, that a guy like that comes back to school. So keep an eye on him as a dark horse for uh, um, National Player of the Year. And then, of course, you know Purdue. Purdue gets the number one overall seed in the tournament last year on the shoulders of Zach Eady. Um, but then they lose in the first round. They bring back nearly everybody, I think, four of their five starters. So on paper, you could say Purdue, but they have lost to double-digit seeds each of the last three years in the NCAA tournament. So until they can kind of get that monkey off their back, I can't really say that they should be or are going to win the national championship this year. Case, great catching up with you. Um, I'll look forward to an occasional conversation or two. I know you're you're a busy businessman in the Valley of the Sun these days, but I hope you can carve out a few minutes every week or two to talk a little Pac-12 and maybe some Big 12 stuff too with us. You, you bet. Yeah, they're moving to the Big 12, too, which is crazy. So we can talk a little bit about the demise of the Pac-12 and how sad and heartbroken I am about that. But also Utah's moved to the Big 12, the best basketball conference in the country, at least over the past decade. So, yeah. Hey, anytime, Bill, I'm a, I will make myself available to you, man. Good catching up. You're the best, Case. Thank you. Casey Jacobson with us here on the Bill Riley Show. By the way, if you're looking for some fun with the Jazz game tonight, 
Yeah, they're playing Orlando. It's an early season game. Try playing a little underdog fantasy. It's a pick 'em game. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. And with the NBA season here, a lot of early games don't mean something, but you can put a little, put a little uh, uh, skin in the game with this. You, it's a pick 'em game. So you, you, you set up your account. You pick between two and five players. So maybe it's Ochai Abaji and Walker Kessler tonight. You can pick as many as five if you want to. And then all you have to do is select whether to go higher or lower on whatever their stat line is. And then you just watch the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's legal in Utah, ton of fun to play. I have played. I have not been successful yet. I am going to attempt again tonight to win when the Jazz play the Magic. I'll, I'll dial in a little bit, but I'm, I'm having fun playing it. And Underdog Fantasy is great to work with. Set up your dream team today by going to their mobile app and just downloading it to your phone or tablet or just go to underdogfantasy.com. Then sign up with my promo code. When you do, they'll double whatever your initial deposit is up to 500 bucks. So if you say, I'm going to put $100 in there, have a little fun and play, they'll make it 200 for you just by using the promo code Bill Riley when you sign up and check in for the very first time. And they'll give you a mystery pick in their lobby to help you out as well and have a little bit of fun with that. Got to be 18 here in Utah where Undertongue Fantasy operates. Terms do apply. And if you're concerned at all with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. It's Underdog Fantasy. Create your team. Do a pick them today. Try and win a little money with the Jazz and the Magic or any other NBA game coming up a little bit later on tonight. Also, Thursday night football you can play as well. It's Underdog Fantasy. All right, before we get a break today on the Bill Riley Show, we have to do our weekly consultation. That consultation with our good friend, Dr. Kat Loffley of Renewal Utah. And uh, with the holidays upon us, you know what that means? You start to battle, uh, you battle a lot of different things around the holidays. Battle uh, stores and shopping. You also battle a little bit of uh, the snacks and the foods and everything else that are around the holiday tables. Well, if you want to fight that battle, Kat's got an idea of something you can do to help fight that battle, and it's something called semaglutide. Kat, explain exactly what semaglutide is and why it could be good heading into the holidays for some folks. Yeah, so semaglutide is the compounded version with the active ingredient of the ones you may have heard of called Ozempic or Wagovi. They're a medicine that helps you lose weight, to put it simply. So they work by uh, acting on the receptor in your brain that tells you that you're full, and it also helps keep your stomach physically full longer. So those two things reduce your appetite, which reduce your calorie intake, which reduce your weight. A cool side effect, or another cool side effect, is that it also helps reduce cravings for sugar and alcohol. So this time of year, that might even be extra helpful since we're all already, like, digging in our kids' Halloween uh, trick-or-treating buckets. I mean, not me, of course, but... Well, of course not. Not you. You wouldn't do anything like that. You'd let your kids have all their candy. But with that being said, is the semaglutide something that is something that can, can work for just about everybody? Yeah, it works really well. Um, everybody, of course, responds slightly differently to it. But that's the cool thing of, of the way I like to run my practice is that you're talking to me. It's not a cookie cutter thing. I recognize that everyone is different, and so we do things differently if we need to. Have lots of tricks up my sleeve for um, any issues that might arise, and have had a really, really great time graduating people from the program um, with a plan to help them make sure this is a one-and-done kind of journey. 
Well, I can say this because uh, she introduced me to semaglutide, and it's been something that's worked really well for me for the last couple of months. And, and I, I've had really very little issue whatsoever with it. It's been fantastic for me, and I, I would highly suggest it to anybody that's out there that wants to try it. Super awesome. It helps reduce your, your portion size. So right now the conversation going on with patients is slow down your pace of eating because you're going to get a full, a whole lot sooner than you would have. So uh, eat a few bites from each thing on your plate instead of trying to clean it because then you're going to feel real sick afterwards. You're going to feel like you ate too much because you did because your body's needing less. Is this something that folks have to come in to see you to do a full consultation with or can they do something over the phone and get going with the program? Actually, it's really cool. We can do it over the phone. So we have our phone consultation. We go through everything. I teach you more than you ever really cared to know about the medicine. Um, and I have the pharmacy ship it to you so you can do your shots uh, for yourself at your house. That way you can pick your day and time. You don't have to work around the clinic schedule. Uh, and we can do the whole thing over the phone every month. Semaglutide, a great way to head into the holiday season to reduce that appetite a bit and avoid perhaps some of the overeating and bad eating habits you might have. Now, if they're interested in getting some more information or starting, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can either go through the website, which is RenewalUtah.com, or you can use the text line, and it's 801-358-8843. And it's actually me that will be getting back to you through that line. And she gets back to you when she's in between patients or done for the day, and she'll get back to you really quickly. Give them that phone number one more time, Cap. Yeah, it's 801-358-8843. And that's our weekly consultation with Dr. Cat Lawfley of Renewal Utah Aesthetics. Cat, thank you. You too. That's Dr. Cat Lawfley with us here on the Bill Riley Show. Morehead on a Thursday here on ESPN 700. Is cold beverage at the end of a long day or when getting together with your buddies. Here in Utah, we have so many outstanding options for beers and other beverages. We want you to have the insight on all of them. This is a little something we like to call Beers with Bill here on ESPN 700. Your chance to get the latest from the local breweries and distilleries and great excuse for Riley to have a drink in the middle of the day. Here's Beers with Bill on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Becca's in from proper today. It's Beers with Bill Thursday here on ESPN 700. No riled up red, which I'm not happy about, but I drink that all the time at my house. And we've talked about that plenty, though we will tell you an update on riled up red in a minute. But first, say hi to Rebecca. How are you? Hi. Good I'm to great. see you. It's good to see you. Um, riled up red. I still have people asking. Full distribution coming, right? And it can be bought on its own now at a lot of grocery stores. We've started with our expanded distribution. So it is available in select Smith stores right now as its own individual product. So you can get four packs of it. I know definitely is at Canyon Rim, uh, the 8th and 9th, and then the 5th and 5th, um, the downtown one. So specifically, those are there. There's big displays of them as well. Um, and it'll be rolling out to more places uh, just as time goes on. As we go. So it's to give it time. It's easing out there on its own. Still in a lot of the variety packs, too. So you can get it there in the variety packs. And Maverick Stores and Harmons and Smiths. Macy's, too, I think. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think Addis told me Macy's, too. So, yes, yeah, shout out to Addis, doing all the work behind the scenes. He's not the star of the show not like Rebecca all. is. hey. <laughs> doing the work behind the scenes. Um, so there you go. Update on the Riled Up Red. It's doing well. And thank you guys for asking for it and purchasing it and all that stuff. Um, October's done. 
Yes. Weird. Mm-hmm. November 2nd. Doesn't feel like it. No, but it will soon, I'm sure. Um, Oktoberfest is something we know about. What's Novemberfest? Novemberfest is... Da, da, da. <laughs> um, it is our Oktoberfest style beer, uh, but we release it in November. So um, Oktoberfest are also known as um, German Fest beers or Märzen, sometimes Vienna lager. It's basically a German uh, amber lager. Um, usually brewed in the spring and then released in the fall. So it's lagered through the summer and then released in the fall. Um, and it just celebrates the uh, the start of the fall season. So, you know, moving into November, we love this style of beer. And we have November Fest because why not celebrate November too? And where is this November Fest available right now, Rebecca? We have it in our tap room right now. Uh, so you can get it at any of our um, proper locations on draft. Um, the best place is down in the tap room, and you can buy it to go in 32-ounce crawlers. So we'll package it right off the draft lines, um, put it in a 32-ounce crawler, and you can take it to go. As she brought it in here today in the crawler, so up at Avenues, Pro- uh, Avenues Proper, downtown at the tap room. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> is it in Moab? Uh, it will be uh, probably this week. Yeah. All right. So it should so be down there. November Fest in Moab as well. Um, so, yeah, try it. It's very good. I'm sipping on it right now. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's an beer. amber lager, um, so really kind of slightly caramelly, a little toasty, like toasty wheat bread, um, really mild and really light drinking. So it's kind of a, like the lager version of the riled up bread, like your beer. Yeah, and if you like the riled up bread, you'll like the November Fest as well. Pick up a crowler of each, pick up a couple of those each, and take them with you. Uh, tailgate, by the way, Saturday be a good idea to do that. And if you want the riled up bread, do you have some downtown? We do, yeah. So because we have it in our tap room. You know, it's funny. It's I had a bunch of people say, hey, I went down to proper. They were out of it. And I'm like, well, that's probably because they were shipping it out to grocery stores and other things. So uh, you can get it downtown right now. You can get the November Fest downtown, too. Yeah. I'll bring some up to the tailgate. We'll have some. There we go. Uh, that will be Saturday morning, by the way. So it'll be a nice drinking morning on Saturday for Utah and ASU. Now, what's the other one? You Now, this one looks familiar. I feel like uh, this is one you guys do kind of every year. But put a different twist on it, right? Yeah. So we've been doing this beer since we opened in 2016. It's called Hop versus Hop. It's an experimental double IPA. Um, and every time we brew it, we use two different hops. So it's kind of like, you know, spy versus spy, the good and the bad. Um, this one we use Simcoe and Comet. Those are two American hops from the Pacific Northwest. Um, both of them are, are known for tropical, kind of um, citrusy, bright flavors, but with kind of like a like earthy undertone. So Simcoe has a little grassy note to it, and then Comet has this woody note to it. So you get this kind of earthy quality, but it comes off very tropical right off the bat. All right. Hop versus hop. This one's an 8%er, though. And a, little, and a little bite to it, too, I can yeah. tell. I saw the reaction there as you were sipping that thing. It's a little different than the, 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 the November Fest. It is. Although it's lighter yeah. than the November Fest, which is interesting. Well, the color comes from the malt. So, you know, the different uh, grain that you use is where the color comes from. Uh, the ABV... Uh, for this, so when you say double IPA, that just means it's an IPA over 7.5% ABV. It doesn't mean we use double the hops or double anything. It just means that. But there is a, a pretty prominent hop profile to this. And you can get this one downtown at the brewery as well at 857 South Main Street or at the ABV stores? No, just it's a limited release, so it's just available in our tap oh, room okay. um, in our beer store. Um, you can buy it to go from our beer store and then also our beer store in Moab. Uh, you can come into our bars and just enjoy one on site. Uh, but, yeah, it's a limited release. We just do one batch every year, and you got to buy it while we have it. 857 South Main is the main brewery for proper brewing. They open up at noon, close down at 11, Thursday, Sunday through Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday open up at noon until 1. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. Have all that right? Yeah. 
Great. You read it good. I did read it good. I was trying not to look like I was reading that thing. Website is properbrewingco.com, and you guys do a real good job of keeping that thing updated, too. Yeah, it has a lot of our new releases and our upcoming stuff. Um, You can also uh, find all of our restaurants and bars on there as well. So if you're looking at, you know, going up to Avenues for a dinner, one of our pairing dinners that we do, uh, we just did a huge, like, seven-course or we have our harvest dinner. Yeah, so we have the harvest dinner. Uh, We did our vegan cellar dinner, which was really cool. Uh, but, yeah, so all of our events are on our website. You can follow us on social media as well, at Proper Brewing Co. you got to remember the CO on that. Put the CO on the end, at Proper Brewing Co. That's on Instagram, Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook. Twitter. We're on Twitter, but we don't use it. So <laughs> you can you can go you can, on there. You can go there, but you won't get It'll be information from, like, 2018 or yeah, something. Yeah, there's like a that. lot of old pictures of us doing beers of Bill back hey, in the day. if you want to walk back in time and see a younger me and a younger Rebecca and a younger Andrew and a younger... Can I say his name? Rio? Rio? Yeah. Can I say Rio's name? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. I just, he's not in the, he's not in the, uh, in the brewing company The evil anymore. scientist, or what did you call him, the mad scientist? He's the mad scientist. Yep. He's now, he's now a uh, cider guy, right? Yep. He owns, uh, works in a um, partial owner at uh, Science Cider, so he's still there, but he's still one of our owners. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. You know, he's still in the family. He's still so. the mad scientist. He just is. not ours. He was just always crazy when he'd come in and he'd get into all, the, I mean, if you think Rebecca gets into like the weeds on the beers and the hops and the malts. Rio really was going. I deep take in it. the science words that he says and I boil them down for the mass it's true. public. You you kind of are his translator. You you do. You are the good. You're the good buffer between the average person and the mad scientist. Exactly. So the two beers this week are Novemberfest, which is the German. Was it Marzen? Merzen. 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 I didn't get that. The, the two dots on the top. There. Merzen. <laughs> um, a fest beer. Very good. It's available on tap at the uh, draft tap, uh, on draft at the tap room and all the proper bars, and you can get it in Crowlers. It's a limited run, and so is this. So is the hop versus hop. Yeah, we really just want people to come down to the tap room and hang out with us. We've got some uh, great events coming up. We've got a really fun staff right now who's very knowledgeable. Um, so if you have questions about beer, come down, quiz our bartenders, ask them questions, learn about beer. Um, it's a good spot. And let me throw in one more plug because I'm all about me. Riled up red. You can get it at the Proper Brewing Company downtown. You can get it at a lot of grocery stores around the and more and more coming today uh, in, in moving down the line as well. In fact, I'll be at Smith's, A. Smith's tomorrow, probably downtown again. I do know they have it on uh, in, in the coolers downtown because Rebecca and Addis and the guys from Carlson have been dropping that stuff off, and it's been moving. So thank you guys for drinking that, and thanks to, to Proper for brewing it. It's It's been fun. It really has, and Steve, your head brewer, the new mad scientist over mm-hmm. there, um, he's getting a lot of compliments from fellow brewers on this thing, too, isn't he? He is. I've seen it all over social media. This was just supposed to be like a one or two run kind of seasonal little little limited thing that we threw into the variety pack just for fun. And it's a year-round beer for us now, and it's in grocery stores, and it's mass, produ- or mass production and stuff. So uh, we're really excited about it. I want to thank Gracie's as well. They've sold a bunch of it over at Gracie's. And I was at Beer Bar last it was a week ago today with Stanford Steve. And they ran out. They had to change the tap while I was there. They ran out of Riled Up Red. So uh, thanks to those guys, Duncan and Richard, down there and all the bars around that are covering it. And thanks to you guys, too. You're welcome. Thank you for being our buddy. Yeah, it's good to be friends. It's good to have friends in the beer business and the radio business. It's true. Beer friends are the best friends. They truly are. They can always have a cold one with your beer friends. Cheers. uh, (laughs) Thanks for coming in. Yeah. To quote a movie, do you have any normal friends? (laughs) If you guys can name the movie, I'll have a prize. I know you can. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a prize for you. Uh, Rebecca, great to see you. Great to see you. All right. For Rebecca from Proper Brewing Company on Beers with Bill here today.
Go to properbrewingco.com and check out all the selection of beers they have, including the Riled Up Red. Eric Weddle's next here on ESPN 700. It's time to talk some ball with one of the greatest players in Utah football history. Bill Riley welcomes the beard, Eric Weddle, to the show weekly. The Eric Weddle interview is presented by Budweiser. Now here's Weddle with Riles, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. That would be Coach Eric Weddle to you and I. The Rancho Bernardo Broncos, the alma mater of Devon Vele, the team that Eric Weddle coaches, live to play another week. They beat back Mount Carmel last week, 41-21, and now they have Bishops this week in a big showdown Friday night in Southern California. E-Dub, how you doing? Riles, my man, just living it up here in San Diego. It's about 79 degrees. Not a cloud in the sky, beautiful day, living it up. Well, it's 58 and sunny here in Salt Lake, so not too bad. Oh, that's not a bad day. Not a bad day. It's a good football kind of a day. But, by the way, congratulations on the big win. Boys get to play a little further into November now. No, in fact, you guys are off this week, right? You don't play till next week. Yes, sir. Yeah, we we got the two seed in uh, Division Two, so that's like, 5A in, in uh, Utah, in Salt Lake. So so that's how the divisions work. Division One's the highest, and then Open is above that where they only take top four teams. So we got the 2C. We got the bye. We play the winner of Brawley Bishop, and uh, they play tomorrow night, and we'll, we'll check that out. But the boys played hard, man. We, we, we got after them. We rushed for almost, you know, 300 and – 50 yards, 360 yards of, of rush offense, and we let them score late, two scores late when the game was on. We really won 41-7, so we really want to, you know, we really want to say what it is. That's what the score was. How'd you get the boys to rally up after that tough loss to San Marcos? How'd you get them to put that behind them and focus on that Mount Carmel side? Yeah, I mean, I, I just explained to them, you know, when we met Saturday after San Marcos that, you know, that's a really, really good team that we played. And in all honesty, everyone in Division Two we could beat or have beat already. So uh, our confidence should be through the roof. And our playoffs start this week, which was last week. And it's, it's do or die. It's win or go home. We need to start playing and getting confidence and the belief that we can go win it all. And the boys showed that. And it's crazy. It's crazy for high school kids, man. It's. When they're playing, when they're playing uh, teams that they know they could beat, they play great. And if it's kind of a, an upper echelon team or a, a team in a higher division, then that confidence can waver. So uh, we're, we're riding high. We got some momentum. We got to win the bye week and continue on. How do you counter that as a coach? How do you counter that when you're playing a team that maybe outclasses you a little bit athletically because you say these high school kids that can get in their heads? What do you do to try and change that? It's been a challenge, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, when, when you're hanging with a team, like, per se, a Division One team, like four of our five losses were to Division One teams, and they were all pretty close. Didn't really, I mean, two-score games, and and it's it's tough. It's tough because I can't play for them, 
And as much as I try to instill belief and confidence and try to put them in the position, they have to take that step and, and win those games and be in those moments to build that confidence that they can beat these teams because I, I, I'm, at the end of the day, uh, just a, a talking head. And uh, the, you just have to try your best to put them in positions to, to be successful. But ultimately, at some point, they have to do it. And uh, in the near future, they will. Eric Weddle with us, presented by Budweiser here on the Bill Riley Show today. Um, your reaction as you watched Utah, Oregon last week was what? Uh, uh, geez, what my reaction? Uh, I, I there's there's I uh to see it. I, I honestly was surprised and shocked at how good Oregon is. Uh, I knew they were good. But man, the way they, the way they controlled the line of scrimmage, how physical they played, how high level Bo Nix was. I mean, I've seen a couple games. There is no question he is head and shoulders way better than Caleb Williams. And anyone that doesn't see that or think that, then they're out of their minds. So uh, I think those two come to mind. Uh, you know, we had. It was a tough game on all, on all, you know, on all levels. Watching it, being there, I'm sure the boys, obviously, they were confident going into that game. It just didn't play well. And if you don't play well in all three phases against a top-notch team, that's what's going to happen. And you just hope, and you know for a fact, they're going to use this. And you never know how the how the season ends up, man. We could we could get a rematch with them in the in the championship game if we, if we do what we can do and. Yeah, the ball rolls, but uh, it was it was hard. I mean, you never like to see our our boys and our team. You know, that's our family get uh, get uh, steamrolled at home. That doesn't happen often around our place. So, no battle back. Yeah, I, I, a couple of things for me, and I said it on the post game show. Oregon's better. I mean, sometimes you just yes. tip your cap to a team that's better. And I'm with you. I knew they were good coming in. But they had a great scheme and game plan offensively. They just really did. I mean, Bo Nix didn't have the ball in his hand more than half a second. Utah's strength is getting to the quarterback with the rush. They just didn't let him do it. And if you can't get pressure on the quarterback and he's got easy looks, it's hard to play him. You know that. So sometimes you've got to just tip your cap. I also kind of felt like that was a game, Eric, that the season kind of caught up with Utah a little bit. Now, there's no guarantees, even if Cam Rising's healthy and Keithy's healthy, that you beat that Oregon team. They're good. But but I kind of felt like it was a game where you were a little overmatched and then some of what happened early in the season kind of caught up with you. And it was just kind of a perfect storm, and, and Oregon got the win. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. Uh, you know, there's there's things that happen in the game. Like, first off, you know, both, you know, they're getting the ball out so quick. But even when we brought pressure, he knew where the pressure was coming from. He knew where the outlet throw, he goes – those timing windows, those those instinct time throws in the second and third level in the seams on those in cuts, like those were high level NFL throws. Like let's not get it twisted. I mean, those were you got quarterbacks in the NFL that can't even make those throws. So it it was a, an impressive display of offense, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, 
defensively, that defensive front four, holy smokes. I mean, you know, I know Dan Lanning came from Georgia, you know, a few years back. Like, that's where he kind of came up through. And that looked like an SEC top-notch defensive front, like the, the athletic, explosive, like, you looked at that D front and you could say, okay, that looks like a, a top 10 pick D line, you know? So it was, uh, it was impressive to say the least, uh, watching it from as a football fan and then obviously gut wrenching for my youth. But, you know, the reality is, 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 you know, when we, we can only, you can only fight for so long and eventually, you know, we don't win we don't beat SC without Bryson Barnes. So this isn't a Bryson Barnes, like, hey, you're the reason. Like, no, like, we've won games with you. Like, it's just the reality is, is we weren't good enough in all at all positions to compete with that team on that day. Now, is that going to change in the future? Who knows? Maybe. But on that day, we, we got our butts kicked, and you, you tip your hat, and you move forward. Yeah, and again, to Bo Nix, he's so very good. And you saw the difference in that game between – a guy that's made fifth. Nobody, no, no Division One quarterback has ever played more games than Bo Nix. Fifty-five starts now, fifty-six. So you had a guy that had made fifty-six career starts and a guy that made his sixth career start. You could see it. Bo Nix was not fooled. He knew what to do. He was calm. He was collected. And Bryson still, you know, seeing things for the first time. So that's just kind of how that was. Yeah, I mean, you're you're spot on i mean the, the dude has seen everything from auburn to oregon to the to the best of best defenses and it, and it's showing i mean in all reality they should be undefeated in in top four in the country not washington if their coach doesn't trick off that game so uh you know that is that is a top-notch top top team in the country and you know, it's nice to see that, though. It's nice to, to feel it and see it as a player and as a coach and see where we need to improve. And you know, and as I know, they're going to make adjustments, and, and it'll fuel them. And I would be not be surprised if we come back and, and have a great game against ASU and then go shock the world against Washington. What's the mindset like in a locker room? And I'm sure there were some times along the way – where you knew you could, you didn't have any margin for error left in your season if you wanted to make the postseason. Here for Utah, if they want to get back to Las Vegas and defend that title, they're going to have to run the table in November, Eric. They're going to have to win this week. They're going to have to upset Washington, beat Arizona, beat Colorado. Now, three of those four are very doable. The Washington game is going to be difficult up in Seattle. But I'm sure there were times, either with the Chargers or the, or the, or the Ravens somewhere along the line, where you got into December and, said, and knew you had to win two or three games to get into the postseason. What's that mentality like in the locker room? It's very focused. It's very direct. Uh, you know, you, you still have an opportunity, and you don't want to waste it away. And uh, when everyone comes together and is in sync with that mindset, man, you could do special things. So uh, they're definitely, I mean, shoot, Arizona is no, is no pushover and Colorado is playing better defensively. So this is a, this is a season that is right there for us to do it, to, to, to make something happen. Uh, but you have to get, you have to be all in. You have, there can't be no, uh, outside interferences, there can't. There has to be the, you know, for the next 30 days, and it's very similar to how I challenged my high school team. Like for the next 30 days, let's let's approach this as men. Like let's commit to ourselves. 
and nothing can get in the way of this team and the direction and the opportunity that we have in front of us. And if you commit and, and really sacrifice everything on the outside to the team and to your, to your job, to your responsibility, to, to being the very best player for your teammates, special things can happen. I mean, I've seen it and I've been a part of it. Uh, but high-level play can come when your back's against the wall, and, and I uh, expect to see that and, and feel it from our youths. You are probably one of the most beloved Utah football players of all time. I'm not saying that to pump up your ego. It's just it's just the truth. You are beloved here, and you don't live here in Salt Lake, but you come back here quite often, and you are one of the most, if not the most popular player in program history. I would tell you Cam Rising's on the short list right now, Eric, of being that guy. But Cam's not playing the rest of this year, and then Cam's got a decision to make. Does he go to the NFL? Does he come back to Utah? Or does he go to another program and finish his college career? This is a whole lot more of a business for the player today than it was when you played. It's always been a business, but the players now have a little bit more there, and Cam's making a lot of money in NIL. He could make a lot of money here. He has made a lot of money here. He's got a, le- he's got a legacy here. But there's going to be other schools that come calling to try and get Cam Rising to go play at their school next year because he could become a hired gun. What, what would you tell – if you were talking to Cam, what would you tell him about, you know, legacy and the importance of legacy and weighing his options and his decisions? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great, great question. Uh, you know, being – trying to put myself in these kids' shoes is very difficult because, you know, they're – 19, 20, 21 years old, and you try to put yourself back in that position and your mindset and how, how would you handle all this stuff, not knowing what you know now. Uh, but for me personally, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think uh, the NFL is a serious, uh, a serious, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I don't think serious that option. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's come back or you're done playing. Or if the NFL is something you want to do, you have to come back and play. Uh, coming off of a, a major knee surgery, uh, you know that's why you came back anyways to 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 raise your draft stock and uh, and obviously the injury had a part in that. So. Honestly, I, I think he comes back. I think he's a, a very smart and intellectual person that that appreciates and understands uh, who he is and, and what he's done at the university and, what, and, a, and his stamp that it could be, right? And knowing that you, you could be you could be in lure, lure, Utah lure for the rest of your life. Uh, you already are, but you can't you can't go somewhere else. I mean. If he's thinking of going somewhere else, there's, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked uh, if that happens. So I think he comes back if he if he wants to and and uh, compete at that spot. Well, I don't think he'll have to compete much. I think that spot will be his if he comes back. And I'm with you. I think there's something. And I, you know, I've met his mom and dad. They're great. And when I met his mom and dad, they they talked about how he respects and loves his legacy here. And I, I think he's the most important player this program's had over the last decade since they've been in the Pac-12. He was the guy that took him from one level to another level. I don't know that he's the greatest even quarterback that's played in school history, 
guy like Alex, who was your teammate, a guy like Scott Mitchell, they put up bigger numbers. But as far as importance to the program and taking the program to the next level, this this program had everything it needed except for high-level quarterback play. And Cam's been the big reason they went from just being a contender to a Pac-12 champion. Hey, you're 100% right. Uh, nothing that you said is, is false, and I believe it 100%. I mean, he's he, he pushed us to heights that we had never been before, and uh, you can't you can't deny the importance of that and and the confidence and the leadership and his his big playability and big games. Uh, you know he's he's one of a kind, man, and he's even a better person the times that I've talked talked to him and how humble and and his humility. Uh, the guy just gets it, and you just wish him for the you just wish the best for him. Uh, honestly, like with his knee and then coming back from that, you just want to, you just hope and, and want him to be the cam of old and see where it takes him. Before I let you go, we got Thursday night football tonight. How, how much do players in the league hate playing on Thursday night? They definitely, they definitely despise it uh, to the fullest and you, you muster up that week and get through it. But then you get an extra bye week. You usually get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and sometimes Monday. So you like it on after the fact, but during the fact, it's it's uh, it's not very fun. It's it's tough. You know, it's it's twofold. Uh, you know, as an older guy, you know, I I like the extra off time to spend with my kids and family. Uh, during the week, you're you're not even practicing, so it's basically a walkthrough for three days. Now, are you physically able to play your best on a Thursday? No. And if you have a, a really bad injury, that would help to have an extra three days before your game. You know, that, that hinders it. Uh, but, you know, that's the rules. So I, I don't – emotionally, I just attach myself to things that I don't control. So Thursday night game is on the schedule. I, I gear up for it. I know I'm going to be hurting. And you just get through it, and you try to play your best and win that game and, and move forward. So, it's, you know me, Riles. I don't yeah. I don't waste time with things I can't control. So, with those types of issues during the league, like, you know, it's it's hard to, 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 to fight up and stand up for things that really they don't care about. Like, they don't, they don't really care about your health because if they did, they wouldn't have Thursday night games. They wouldn't let you play on turf and this and that. It's like, so at the end of the day, you just got to control what you can control, and your mindset has to be that I'm going to worry, try to play my best, and worry. And ultimately, you got to do what's best for yourself at this point, because when you get to the league, it's not it's not about the team. Uh, you try to make it about the team, and the coaches try to, but at the end of the day, it's it's you have a short uh, a short life expectancy in the NFL, and you got to do make the most of it. Um, if you had your choice between playing a Thursday night game after playing on Sunday or playing overseas in London or Germany, which would you choose? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Uh, am I am I going there for the entire week, or am I going there Friday like a normal road game? Well, I think they and leave on like Wednesday. I think they fly over there on like Wednesday, so you're you're flying yeah, Wednesday. I've done it. <laughs> Yeah, I've done that. I've played over there three or four times, and one time I stayed. We stayed. We played Buffalo, and then after the game, we flew to London, and then stayed there the entire week and prepped. And it was actually a lot of fun. And 
I enjoyed it much better than flying over Thursday or Friday. I think that's miserable. Uh, I mean, I would, I would, I would choose playing overseas because, you know, the experience and seeing a different country and the people, the fans, it's always a very cool experience, but I would make sure that it's the entire week so you can enjoy it. Um, enjoy your week this weekend. I know you're going to be probably pouring over tape. Are you allowed to go watch that game or are you not allowed to go watch that game? Because there's a play, there's a two Yeah, you can. Okay. I didn't know if it was like the college yeah, rules, can. like, you know, Jim Harbaugh sending guys to stadiums to watch. You can't do that. <laughs> but you're allowed to go to watch that Holy game. Smokes. Holy smokes. I mean, hey, can can the common can the common fan please stop saying, like, stealing signs is not right, like, any smart coach or player that has ever played this game is tr- if you're going to signal from the sideline, you better switch up your signs because everybody is watching you, right? So uh, if you're if you're not trying to trying to get an advantage in game, uh, you're fooling yourself. So everyone just needs to pump the brakes on that. Now, sending a guy uh, weeks at a time to go scout out the other team. <laughs> and film their stuff like that's obviously not right but i mean i can't tell you how many times i looked at a receiver or a quarterback signal and i knew exactly what they were doing so is that making me a cheater uh i don't i don't believe so by any means that means i'm a smart football player taking all the information and trying to be great so uh you know it's it's the whole the whole thing is wild man i don't know what's true and what's not true but is who is the guy that's been on the pictures like is he part of the program? Is he not? Like, is there any been any knowledge or factual information? It's like, it's like you can't believe the mainstream media. Now we can't believe what's going on with this stuff. So I don't know. Do you have any insight to that? No, I, I just I've read the same stuff you have, but it's starting. I mean, it, there's a lot of smoke. There's got to be some fire there. There's too much smoke not there not to be a little fire. Seriously, I mean it's you don't know, like, obviously what Coach Harbaugh has done there and the success and how much, how much they're, you know, is it a is it a witch hunt? Is it not? And then you see some video of the guy, like, you know, Jesse, who's the D coordinator, was at the Ravens with me as, like, a GA startup guy, you know, like a, like a lower level as it would be in a college. So I know him, and <laughs> seeing him on video of the guy, like, telling him something in the ear, and then he just brings the house and knocks out that run play. It's like, uh, you know, but, hey, that's in-game. If you see a signal and you confirm that signal, then, of course, you're going to use it. So I don't I don't know how much of the off-the-field, in-game signal-type stuff uh, is true and not true. Uh, but I hope, I hope it's not as bad as they're trying to make it for everyone's sake. And for the players, like, everyone's forgetting about, like, you're trying to come down on Michigan. Like the players had no involvement in any of this. Like why, why should the players get reprimanded for something that they're, they had nothing, no, no involvement with. They're just playing the game. So I, I hope they don't get suffer. I, don't, I hope the kids don't suffer is what I'm trying to say. All right. Just leave your camera in your pocket when you scout that game this week. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm trying to video high school games and I'm, I'm in the wrong profession. So if I don't have answers to this type, this style of game, then shame on me. Hey, enjoy it. Good luck. Uh, well, I'll talk to you next week, but uh, have fun this weekend. I'll talk to you soon. I will, Riles. Good to see you, buddy. You too. Eric Weddle with us here on the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number one sports talk.
Before we get a break, Dr. Justin Johnson swings by daily. Tell us a little bit about his practice. His practice happens to be a company called Remedical. They're located right here in Salt Lake City. They help men and women battle time, fight father time, fight back and feel better when you get a little bit older. Am I right, Justin? We're an anti-aging clinic. We're trying to keep people young and energetic because there's lots of fun things to do. So don't get down. Come see us. Whether you're a guy or a gal battling sexual wellness issues or you just want to look and feel better, you guys have programs and treatments for just about everything, don't you? Yep. You know, we have we have some injections for people. We have lasers that uh, can restore hair, that can tighten skin. You know, we do the Botox and whatnot. We have some new injections that we're bringing on that can actually reverse aging to some degree. And, of course, we have the ED and the feminine treatments. You know, when people are having problems in the bedroom, we can fix all those things. And it's not just, you know, uh, shenanigans or just claims. We actually base everything on research and evidence. So if you want to go to our website, we publish all these studies that show the results, and we follow the studies, and we actually have developed some things ourselves to make it effective. So if you're serious about wanting to feel better, both in the bedroom and out, come see us because we have treatments that can help you out. Now, people probably have questions. Where can they get those questions answered? Telephone, website, what What do you like them to do? Yeah, so our website has is a great resource because you can go and see a lot of the studies and various things we put on there. Plus, you can actually chat with our people. They're the same people who answer the phones. If you want to call Maddie and Reagan, they'll be happy to talk to you. And our number is 801-807-8811. Or you can go to Instagram and TikTok. We actually put out some informative videos along with some fun videos as well that kind of go over things. So all those are great resources. And, of course, the website's the perfect resource to answer questions, to chat, and more. It's remedical.com. Dr. Justin Johnson, Maddie, Reagan, and the rest of the crew would love to hear from you, battling ED or otherwise. They can help you fight that aging at Remedical. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, Bill, it was good talking to you. Take care. You too. Have a great day. Dr. Justin Johnson with us from Remedical. Uh, about 25th East and 33rd South here in Salt Lake City. Back on the other side with some big uh, big basketball news, big-time basketball news for the University of Utah. Tell you about that next here on ESPN 700. Bill Riley's got you covered on all things sports. This is the Bill Riley Show from the Valley Collision Studio. Let's get back to Bill on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Head down the home stretch here on this uh, Thursday, Bill Riley Show. We'll be out at Smith's tomorrow on a football Friday. Uh, we'll have uh, Max Brown on with us, one of our favorite Pac-12 insiders. We'll talk to Max coming up. Um, Nate Orchard's going to join us tomorrow. Tony Jones will come by tomorrow as well. And uh, Andy Ludwig, coordinator's corner. We'll see what else drops out tomorrow, too. A uh, little bit of breaking basketball news came across about mm, 35 minutes ago or so. Uh, Alta High School product Jackson Johnson, very talented four-star, call him a power forward for now, um, has committed to play basketball at the University of Utah. A really good grab by Craig Smith to get one of the best local players, if not the best local player in the state this year, uh, to commit to Utah. Um, Brody Kozlowski from Corner Canyon about a week ago committed to play at USC. Uh, he and Jackson Johnson are certainly considered to be two of the better players in the state, and Johnson committed to Utah today. It's a really nice get. Obviously, Utah is going to be losing um, Brandon Carlson after this year, but uh, 
to be able to grab this kid who goes about what six foot nine. I think he's about 215, 220 pounds right about now. Not not quite big enough yet, but really good. Now he's I'm sorry, he's, he's not even that big. He's about 200 pounds. Um, really good skill set. Um, he's going to be a nice wing forward who can stretch the floor. Um, he could put it on the floor a little bit. They could play him at the three or the four spot if they want to. It's a good it's a good get for Craig and his staff. Now there's a couple of other commits tomorrow and one on Monday uh, that are possible too. But this was a this it's it's important when you're Utah, when you're BYU, when you're others to keep the better players in your state. Johnson currently four star kid. I think he's rated in the top 100 by some. Um, he'll join fellow in-state product and Utah prospects commit David Katoa on the team. Um, Johnson is going to serve a church mission, so he's not going to be a guy that is, is part of the program right away. He's, I think, probably two, 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 2026 when Utah fans will see him, but it, it's a good get for Craig, and, and he beats out BYU, beats out USC, beats out Stanford for him. So good get today for Utah basketball as they, uh, as they uh, do what they need to do. So there you go. Uh, text message. Uh, hey, Bill. Uh, gambling apps or like le- uh, gambling apps like underdog.com legally yet. Yeah, but a- it's not a gambling app. Todd. Todd was asking me that. It's a, it's a fantasy app. So there there's a difference there. And that's why it, it works here in Utah. So play underdog fantasy like I do and have a good time with that. 877-353-0700. Get you in and on board today here on the Bill Riley Show. But uh, a good grab, nonetheless, for Utah basketball today. So congratulations to Craig, Craig Smith and Chris Burgess and DeMarlo Slocum and, and uh, Tramel Barnes and that crew for landing a good in-state product today. The, the program's in good shape. And it was nice to hear Casey Jacobson. If you missed Casey's interview earlier, he was on about an hour, a little over an hour ago with us here. And he thinks Utah could be one of the surprise teams in the league this year. They were on track to be that a year ago. And then they they just weren't deep enough to withstand a couple of key injuries. Well, they're deeper this year. And, and again, I got to see him for the first time in a game scenario last night against Westminster. And, again, exhibition game against a lesser opponent. And North Paris's team really played hard last night. They're just overmanned. But the one thing that stood out was Utah's size. You know, they go 6'7", seven, seven foot, 7'1", seven, on the front line. They play Badgman at the 3, Cole 6'7". They play Carlson at the four. He's seven feet. And they play, you know, Lawson Lovering at the center. He's he's seven one. That's good size. But the thing that really gets you if you're Utah is, you know, Badgema, Madsen, Carlson, if you start those guys, all three are 35-plus percent three-point shooters. Then Raleigh Wooster is a good three-point shooter. He's improved in the offseason. Then you bring Hunter Erickson off the bench potentially or spot start him. And Hunter Erickson knocked down four threes last night. So they've got some guys that can shoot it. And that's one thing they just didn't have a lot of last year. Stefanovic shot it a lot, but he was not a great three-point shooter last year for Utah. He was a better mid-range guy. So now you've got not only a, a bushel of shooters, but if somebody does go down, you've got some size and some depth behind them. So I, I like this Utah basketball team. I do. And we'll see what Will exact Will exact missed the exhibition game last night, but he'll uh, he'll likely be back in action Monday, if not Monday, maybe next Friday. Uh, he'll be a nice piece in that backcourt as well. So, and again, they're still waiting on that waiver for Davon Smith, the Georgia Tech transfer. Again, it's I'm not I'm not sure how I could handicap that. If it's fifty fifty, if it's forty sixty, if it's thirty five sixty five, I'm not sure. 
But what I know is if he joins the team, they'll be a whole lot more quick and athletic in that backcourt, and it will be somebody that can spell Raleigh Wooster at the point, and then maybe you keep Hunter Erickson at his more natural spot. That's the two-guard spot. So, Anyway, good ad today for Utah basketball as they continue to make some progress. 877-353-0700 gets you in and on board. On the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. We'll have a little topical trivia to do for you coming up here in just a couple of minutes on the program and more. Tomorrow's show will be live at a Smith store, I think downtown Smith, but I'll confirm that. Thursday night football tonight, we've got Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Three and four against four and three. That one starts right after the drive here on ESPN 700. Spence will go until six and then obviously... Uh, Monday, uh, Thursday night football takes over from there. And then the Jazz play downtown tonight um, at 7 o'clock. They got a win last night, 133-109, over the Orlando Magic. And they'll try to get back-to-back wins. Orlando's lost two in a row coming in. Um, and, again, there's still no real answer in the backcourt. But Jordan Clarkson probably played his best game of the year last night for the Utah Jazz. So that's good news, too. And a reminder for you coming up on Saturday Our pregame coverage of Utah and ASU begins at 8 with Porter and Nate, and then me, Scott, and Sly at 10, and then a kickoff at noon from up at Rice-Eccles Stadium right here on ESPN 700. All right, before we get a break, let's do what we do at this time just about every day. Check in at my buddy, the plumber. Plumbing, heating and air, and, of course, electric. They, They do all those things at my buddy, the plumber. The man who started the company a little over a decade ago is Brandon Duncan. He joins us right now. When you started the company, what were you setting out to do, Brandon? You know, it's funny. When I started out, I my goal was I just said, hey, you know, if I could have five trucks uh, go in and, you know, putting food on the table, you know, that this would be great. And, you know, it, it was funny because we – that was kind of my goal for, you know, five years. But we got – we were at five trucks in about three years. And I think the reason we grew so fast is just that, you know, we – we understood that this was about customer service. We offered all the things that a service company offered up front. You know, we, we, we did after hours. We, you know, we worked on Christmas. We, you know, we didn't charge, you know, crazy after hours fee. We've always given free estimates. We've, you know, always just tried to put ourselves in, you know, our customer's shoes and ask, you know, what would they want and how do they want to be treated? And, and following that formula, you know, has allowed us to grow to, you know, over 65 trucks on the road and, and covering most of the state for plumbing, heating, and air. And so it's kind of been fun to watch it grow and to see it blossom and and to do those things the right way so that customers get five-star service. And 10 years later, 10-plus years later, it's grown leaps and bounds. You cover the entire state. you got oodles of trucks, and really the the heart of the business is still customer service, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's really what we, we hang our hat on. We know that that's kind of the formula that always works. You know, you, you, just, you just give it time. You know, we don't we, it keeps our marketing costs down because people refer us to their friends and tell people about us. And, and like I said, we, we do things like, you know, it's $29 furnace tune-up. You know, it, we're not making a lot of money on it, but it's how we introduce ourselves to new customers. It's how we get lifelong customers because we do come, go in there and give you five-star service, and you're thinking, man, I got that done for 29 bucks, and you can't beat it. And you honestly can't. I mean, this is going to be the best $29 you spend. 
Um, if you haven't had that furnace tuned up, give us a call. We'd, we want to introduce ourselves. We want to show you what five-star service looks like. We want to keep that furnace running all winter long. And this is the time to do it when we're not as busy as we are when it really gets really cold. Yeah, still early November, still not too soon to get that thing tuned up because the really cold weather, not here yet, but it's not too far away. What's that phone number to get that service call uh, scheduled up, Brandon? So the number to call is 801-381-4471 or come visit us online at mybuddytheplumber.com. 801-381-4471 for My Buddy the Plumber or find them online at mybuddytheplumber.com. Dot com. Thank you, partner. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Bill. There you go. Brandon Duncan with us today here on the program. We'll take a, a timeout, our final timeout of the show today. We'll come back, do a little topical trivia next, and wind things down before we pass the baton on to Spence Check It's Bill Riley Show, ESPN 700.